What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 60. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. I take a gander here at myself and take the, a gander uh, at yourself in, the, in that there in the t- television in the confidence monitor. There it is. Oh man, look at you. Tan look, as the day is long. I'm, I mean, I'm always tan. I got the olive skin. You I don't do. go outside. But I'm very shiny today, and I think it's because I've been moving about and kind of taking care of some errands. Because this is all we're this is all we're doing today mm. is this show, you know. So of course. Because uh, we did Extra Life. Exactly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for your support with Extra Life. What a fucking weekend that was, huh? Of course, the community started streaming as soon as we ended Colin and Greg Live on Friday. We picked up at 10 a.m. with 24 hours of twitch.tv slash kind of funny games here at the kind of funny studios with the help of Nick, Tim, Kevin, of course, who went above and beyond being here nonstop. Colin, myself, Danny O'Dwyer, uh, Alfredo Diaz, Ashlyn from that there twitch uh, everybody in there pitching out not to mention that as soon as we ended the community picked it back up went for another 12 hours so far because this is an ongoing thing you can still donate if you want to if you want to head to kind of funny.com slash extra life so far we have raised for the children miracle network uh and they're, they're the ones who take care of all these different hospitals and take care of sick kids all the time uh seventy four thousand dollars more than seventy four thousand dollars raised by both your kindness of donating to this uh, great community this great charity and of course the the how generous you all with your with your time and the ability to go out and play stuff and give money spend time with us watch us on twitch so thank you so much uh team kind of funny currently in fourth place not that that matters but that's pretty cool it does matter and uh <laughs> And uh, I want to say that that's twenty thousand dollars, roughly more than we raised last year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very, very good work out there, everyone. That uh, we appreciate that. Yeah, I, thank you so much. I saw that Greg's got a sort of racket going on. I, I didn't, I didn't really notice this. With, with uh, I went, I, I never really went to uh, kind of funny or the uh, kind of funny slash extra life or whatever, right. and then I just went there to look at the numbers. It's just all funneling to Greg's name. Yeah. It's not even funneling to the team because that's based cause on I, the decision I made, last year. Because I no, mean, it goes to the team. Oh, time I, no, 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 I'm, I'm saying, time. but it doesn't go to like a thing where it's like pick your roster of people because that's what I did. Yeah. Because I, I made my name, I'm like, oh, I'd like to raise twenty fifty dollars but here's a link to everyone else. I don't really care. Yeah. I was like, Greg Miller, $20,000 raised. I'm like, some chicanery going First off, on. it's $30,000. Some chicanery raised. going on. No, it was the decision but we made last year at Extra Life that we wanted everybody to go to one thing. I went to one team. something to make yeah, fun of you. I'm running out of doing things. the thing where you make fun of me and you're joking about it and then the audience takes it seriously and then suddenly I got a big ego and a baby dick. <laughs> All right. I mean that. Yeah. Ah, you son of a bitch. Uh, last last week, mm. I you know it's rare that I wade into the YouTube comments. Mm. So many of you are great at coming to me with the 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 Twitter responses, or I go to the boards to see what people think of the episode. I was in the Twitter uh, the YouTube comments yesterday or whatever last week. So many people thought that you were really genuinely hurt when I was like, I made you or whatever. When we were having this clearly tongue in cheek discussion, people were like, man, blah blah. blah. I, I mean, that's believe, the way you really feel. De- de- of course, it's the way I really feel. Heart. Oh my god, are you kidding? Of course, you know. I, I read some of those comments. I read some of those comments. Why didn't I look at Sam Claiborne and say, "Come on, podcast beyond"? Yeah, what do you got in that that ex that PlayStation expertise from a Nintendo expert? Uh, that's what you were at the time. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Touche. Uh, well, I've been playing PlayStation for twenty years, but but. Uh, um, no, I, I didn't take it seriously. I, 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 I did see the comments. Uh, wasn't serious, but some people saying, you know, it really might actually go the other way that without me, you would have no, you know, credibility in gaming, which is true. Okay. I mean, you can just look at the trophies, for instance, in the games we've beaten. But other than that, uh, you know, uh, you know, for instance, I play Titanfall on master difficulty. You play mm-hmm. on normal difficulty. Yeah. Right? I play Battlefield one on hard difficulty. You don't even beat it. You know, yeah, I play Doom. I don't beat it. I play Dying Light. I talk about how good it is. I never beat the game. Exactly. So actually, it doesn't you, really. You have that so there's actually a complete Uncharted Four plat. Oh, that's me. Complete. That's right. that's complete me. In other words, rampant inconsistencies. Me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that any argument can be used against one no, can be used against all. I mean, if you if you don't have context, then I can say anything I want, mm-hmm. and, and you'll mm-hmm. believe it. The audience will believe anything I say. They don't want to fact check. They don't care. 
Yeah, okay. Got to look at the hair sometimes. Just quit worry about being shiny. I got to work on my hair every so often. I am super shiny. I, my hair is getting a little out of control too, but I'm just I'm going to the brink because uh, I'll be gone the Thanksgiving week to go home. Yeah. Um, introducing Aaron to the family, and uh, having a, and some turkey and some ham and some big ziti. Yeah. Some the pasta is what's exciting. Oh yeah. Man. Again, Thanksgiving garbage holiday. Turkey and ham. I can eat that whenever, but I never do. You're a nut job. You're absolutely the insane. The ziti. Who? Who amongst us can look at? You're like uh, so. I was watching that Walking Dead with you last night a little yeah, bit. I was yeah, reading yeah. the politics. You were you asked for the television. I was like, I, I you know, I uh, very nobly and 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 you know, selflessly gave you the television that I own uh, on the couch in my I living own. room and you know, my lease on the you know, my name on the lease. But but it's but the thing about it is that there's a king in this that's not king really Ezekiel. A, that's not he's kind of full of shit. Yeah, and that's kind of like you with Team Fat because who amongst oh here because, we go because who amongst us. Who amongst us would declare? See, this is what I declared about Thanksgiving week. Okay, that I'm on a low carb, high fat diet right yeah, now. Yeah. High fat, team fat, high fat diet. Now, what I said, <laughs> what I said, what, I what a, okay, that's a stroke of genius for your campaign. What, for the record. what I said, what I said about Thanksgiving week is that it'll be a high fat, high carb diet. <laughs> You're sitting over here saying Thanksgiving. Who says that? I'm just saying, as, there's says a whole that? Game Over Greggy show topic about this. It's the same thing. It's Groundhog Day of food over and over and over again. Not, not the Moriarty house. We're going to fucking eat like kings and queens. No, I know, but I'm. But it's the same food. The ziti I'd be excited for. And why would I be excited for How the about ziti? Because it's new. Oh, the antipasta? Come on. How about the antipasta? How about, about a little gabagool? <laughs> you want a little gabagool? <laughs> Colin, what have you been playing? Uh... Pretty much nothing except for Titanfall 2. Right. Um, I, I've been messing a little bit with Tetris Ultimate. I had a heartbreaking moment in Tetris Ultimate a few days ago, but it's really not important. What's Tetris Ultimate? The game that came out two years ago. Oh, okay. I play it oh, all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Soma plays Tetris game that's broken. I was signed in on Aaron's console. Well, I was signed in myself on Aaron's console playing Tetris Ultimate. To get endless mode, you have to beat marathon mode, which yeah. gets, and it's really hard. Yeah. And I fucking beat it, but because I was the guest, it didn't unlock. That game is full of problems. Man. I was like, what the fuck? I was actually fear like you could see Aaron was like crestfallen because we've been trying to unlock this forever. And it's really fucking hard. Isn't and it, I was into 30 or level. 30 it's level 15, but it's 15. heinous at level 15. Like, no, no, I know. Uh, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. The trophies also in that game. I was looking all of them 0.1 or 0.2% rarity except for two of them, which I have. Anyway, Titanfall 2 is what I played. I beat it last night, uh, late last night on uh, master difficulty. So the hardest difficulty. So. I had a little bit of a slower experience than a lot of people did. Um, I think that the gunplay is great. Uh, mm -hmm. As I said on Twitter, I think uh, whenever I got into a Titan, I was disappointed. I don't like being in the Titan. Uh, I think the game feels too good when you're on foot. I understand that's the hallmark of the game. I also will defer to you on Titanfall expertise and the multiplayer because I've never played Titanfall until this game. Um, I feel like I, there are certain games that I think do first-person parkour and first-person movement like really well. I think Dying Light's one of them. Uh, we mentioned that before. I think that this game does it well as well, but I really, I realize that I just don't like playing first person games where I'm jumping around like a moron mm. because you you don't have, you don't have any feeling of where Spatial you are. Awareness. Yeah. Like I, I just, and the game I think is very forgiving because of that. Um, I see. I like. I'm. I'm gonna beat it to death. I. I want. I want to get to how you, where you come down because obviously last week on PS I Love You XO. So I talked about not seeing why this was so amazing early on, and then on the games cast later in the week I did a whole topic where I've beaten it. And here's what I think, and I came. I st stand by that. I just don't think the single player is that amazing that it's doing anything 
spectacular fun game i enjoy the game i that people were taking this all out of context on twitter for me but uh i i do like i've always liked the wall running i think i like it more than i liked it in the original titanfall here in titanfall 2 of running along the walls jumping here and there i think the fact that it is more forgiving makes it more fun in the way of that i like the ability that if i see a ledge i can jump my way up to it and grab it where it's always been such a pain i'm even right now i'm playing call of duty and granted, in Call of Duty, there are jetpacks again. You are running on walls. It is taking a lot of things from Titanfall's playbook. But I, there was a pl- part today where I was going, I'm like, oh, there's a ledge. And I got to it and then just slid down the wall. I'm like, motherfucker, right, reach your hand out, Super Soldier Man. Do it. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't played Call of Duty yet. I'll get into that this week and I'll have impressions on that probably next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so uh, my feeling on Titanfall 2 is that it's good. I, I think it's very good. I think it's fun. Um, We're now, but this is the thing. So on the games cast, I talked about the fact that I'm not the first person shooter connoisseur that, that for me, they're once in a while, a fun game I get into and then I get out of. So I don't have the breadth of knowledge to sit down and say, oh my God, this campaign's so much better. But what I, when I was playing it, I did not see why people are so fucking crazy for it. You same. Cause uh, you I, are I, Mr. First person. Yeah, shooter. I love, I love shooters. And, and, um, uh, I mean this with all due respect, but the hyperbole about this game's campaign is through the fucking roof. Like I, it's a, it's a good game. It's a great game. Maybe. Um, everyone's ta- everyone. I, when I went into it, I went, I went into it with expectations. Everyone's like really talking this game. I'm like, what are you talking about? When I finished finish the game, I'm like, I won't even think about this game a year from now. Like, no offense, but like, the gameplay is fun. The gunplay is good. I like the diversity of guns. I think there's like, you know, I really like that shotgun. I, there's a, a, some some pulse rifles and some good sniper rifles. The enemy AI seems not very good. Uh, and I was playing it on the master I was difficulty. Say that's the same on master. Uh, the game has ridiculous spikes. That is on master difficulty, specifically in boss fights. The vi- the with fight the against shit. Viper is yeah. Titan. The, the fight with Viper is ri- was ridiculous on master difficulty. Like so obnoxious. Yeah. Um. Way like ten times harder than the last fight. You have these. The, the problem I have is is well, I have a few problems. The problem, one problem, is that the game's campaign introduces these villains that mean nothing. So like, you have this fodder, this ability to make an interesting Metal Gear Solid like cast of characters, and they introduce but, these people, and you they start talking. You're like, oh, you seem really cool. I hope I don't learn any more about you. No, I just shoot you they're the just they're just these avatars talking on a the screen. Then they show up, and then you fight them and kill them. I don't even know who the fuck the last boss was. Like when I was fighting, I'm like, what is the significance of this person? I've never even heard of this person. Now maybe I'm not paying close enough attention because I was I, I when I like halfway through the plot, I'm like, I'm not even really sure what's going on. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm just not paying attention and I don't really care. And that's on me. Yeah. But there is a there was a uh, I like that's why I like Mega Man. I know I talk about it a lot. That's why I like Castlevania. A lot of the, 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 the and Metal Gear, the diversity of the enemies. I like these groups of enemies that are interesting. And then like one guy that's you know like Wily or sure he's in charge or you know yeah or whoever liquid. you know Liquid or yeah. whatever. In in this, I'm like I don't even know who what the the hierarchy of these people are. I have no idea what their motivation is. That's they the all thing. have cool titans, but and they all like use you know one is kind of like a Ronin type titan, one is a North Star type. Exactly. Type. To get I get you all that for what you're right. supposed to do, and but, I get that too. And that's the thing about it is from what I'm talking about is the fact that even with the. I, I did one good night of Call of Duty and then an hour and a half today, maybe an hour today. You know what I mean? But and then that's spaced out a while. That's pretty much since launch night or whatever. And then today, which is Monday, uh, I jump back in and I'm like, OK, I remember exactly what's happening here. We're being invaded. Jon Snow's the bad guy. Uh, this guy doesn't like my robot companion. I know these characters. I'm interested in their interactions. I'm way more invested in this campaign than I ever was in Titanfalls. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a strange it's strange. I mean, that's not the game because I think the game is well above average sure. in terms of shooters. And I think I don't think it's I'll say right off the bat. I think Battlefield one is a much better game than Titanfall. Um, and, I, and if I had to recommend one or the other from the EA slate, I would absolutely recommend Battlefield one 10 out of 10 times. Um, 
and I have not played the game online yet. I don't really care about that. I'm talking about story. Like Dice really did something special, um, even though the gameplay is very different. I mean, one's very grounded, one's not very grounded. Um, so I, I just would I recommend the game? I don't know. I, I wouldn't recommend it based only on the single player ca- campaign because I feel like if you're playing on normal difficulty, that game's probably over in what six or seven hours. I mean, I couldn't oh, imagine yeah, it taking longer than that. Long. It took me ten or twelve on Master at the most. Um, and uh, I have almost all the collectibles. I'm gonna go back and farm. I'll probably get the platinum if I can. There's one trophy in there in particular that's apparently a pain in this oh, fucking yeah, ass. The and I don't know shit. if I'm gonna be able to do it, but because yeah, yeah. I'm not like that, you know, good at the movement. Yeah. Um. And you know, part of it is is on me too because like I kept forgetting. I think I made the game harder than it was supposed to be for myself as well. And I don't think it was very hard. Battlefield, both Battlefield and this game on their hardest difficulty levels were just not that hard really? um, compared to like veteran Call of Duty. And I'll and I'll see. It's the same thing as always. Just. Yeah, what we're talking about before, you know, uh, you figure you go around the corner, you get shot, you yep. know, there's a guy there, so come. In, yeah, you just gotta yeah. be patient. And there were times where I was running through the game for 20 minutes or 25 minutes at a pop without dying. Um, but uh, to me, I, I feel like, I just feel like that, the, you know, there's an, you can be, make yourself kind of invisible and all those kinds of things. I wasn't really using that very oh, often. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was the thing when I started. When you, there's too many when options. You use that, everything's going so easy. You're going through like the Titan, you're in Titan, and there's just all these different options. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of went towards the tone um, Titan, and then I was using Ronin a lot. And depending on the boss fights, I just felt like there was, I just felt like there was a lot more potential here for the for the narrative than than was realized. Sure. Um, and I thought that was disappointing. The one cool thing I think that the game did, uh, amongst a lot of cool things that I think the game did, was that the, the game has a sense of scope. The, the world the world is big. Like the, the the maps are huge, and there are long periods where you're not fighting. And I think that that's kind of cool because it gives you a feeling of realism, I guess, or groundedness in terms of. Uh, there aren't literally going to be enemies everywhere, and sometimes there's, there's going to be quiet moments and yeah. stuff like that. The 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 relationship between BT and the and the and the pilot didn't resonate with me exactly at all. I don't me. care. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I just someone said this to me on Twitter. I don't know who it was, so I, I don't want to steal your thought, but I do agree with what this person he or she was saying, which was there seems to be, and I mean this with all due respect. Again, there seems to be a great desire for this game to be better than it is, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, that a lot of it has to do with Call of Duty hatred, and sure. I agree. So, not having played Call of Duty because I don't know how it is, uh, whether it's good or not. I just watched you play it a little bit. I'm like, I've seen enough. This looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, I'll have I'll be able to judge that against Doom, against Battlefield One. This has been a good year for single player centric shooters. Sure. And next year we're gonna get Wolfenstein. We're gonna oh my god, it's gonna be great. But I just feel like there's more to this than meets the eye in terms of why people are rooting for this game. Now, I'm not disrespecting people's ability to like it or love it. If you do, that's great. I love games that people hate, and that's great. Naughty Bear, right? But, you know, so I I respect that, that there's nothing uh, objective about it. It's a subjective kind of thing. But having been in this industry for a long time, having played many, 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 many games over three decades, having, or nearly three decades, having a lot of love for this particular genre. This is nothing more than an above average shooter. Mm. And that's what I said. And, and, that's and what I said in the games cast. It I mean, felt like one of those mid tier shooters you get. And when I say mid tier, I mean, it's a shooter. That's a seven, seven, five, whatever. It's good. Yeah, of course. But yeah, you're not sitting there thinking about it later on. There aren't these like, again, I'm in like, I'm early three hours within three hours. We'll say give or take of in, in call of duty. Right. But I feel like already, like I'm playing through that and there's like, all right, like no spoilers. Really? This isn't a spoiler, but I get, you know, I get to the moon. 
we what? we start going into this shootout and it's like you know this it's this port in between all these different planets right and so you go into this one and like you're I'm going through looking and I'm in this like museum cataloging the you know like the exhibits of like what the the progression of our space program and the moon was and like I'm there and they have the you know the original lander over there the original spacesuits and then there's this totally fictionalized timeline on the wall and I'm like reading it all watching and then you go and like here's the rover that would have been used in like 2020 or whatever the hell it's like this is fucking dope like this is awesome like this environment resonates way more with me than in Titanfall 2 the house that's being built on its side that you're jumping through I'm like that was cool but it wasn't it didn't matter yeah I agree and I will say that in between when you fight in between the second to last fight and the last fight the game I think actually falls apart like I I, I think that it maybe not falls apart but but becomes strange like I was just like I don't I don't understand why especially the post fight boss fight thing I'm like what the fuck is this like this isn't what you want to do after a, a climactic battle I don't know I just feel like it's an above average game it's good or great depending on how you look at it it's just like I'm seeing this game get like this lavish praise and I'm like I don't I don't quite understand where this is coming from and I say this with all due respect as someone who is looking for shooters of all types to 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 resonate with me I didn't expect to love Doom the way I, I loved it I didn't expect to love Battlefield the way I loved it and I went into Titanfall and I think you know reading the reviews and seeing everyone's impression I'm like oh this is gonna be great and I'm like I mean, it's certainly not a nine. You know, like, I agree. Yeah. So maybe the multiplayer really sells it on sells people on it. But I mean, well, that's the whole back to the games cast to boil it down is I think multiplayer is a miss for what I wanted out of multiplayer as a Titanfall one fan who was excited for Titanfall two was excited for it to come to PlayStation three trophies. Uh, you know what I mean? These modes that are fine, but like nothing's blowing me away. Like if I feel and then all people want to talk about is a single player. It's very weird. Yeah. So I, I uh, you know, if you like it or love it, uh, more power to you. I think that's fantastic. You got your money's worth. I just feel like I can't necessarily um, recommend it wholly based on the campaign alone. If you want to spend $60 on the game, it might be worth $30 down the road. And yeah, depending, exactly. And considering that it's apparently selling not very well, it'll probably be $30 or $40 before you know it. So, before you know, um, so, yeah, I'm sorry that uh, that that, you know, this is the thing that I said on, game, on Gamescast and I think it's important. I can't speak to the multiplayer and I'm not going to. I, I don't have any expertise in that like you do. Um, to Respawn's credit, this is their Titanfall one with a campaign, right? They have this is Titanfall two with the, the, the multiplayer. because That was what they were working on. They turned this game around very quickly. So um, in like two and a half years. So that's a really short amount of time considering they're also working on another game. So there could be some. I'm not trying to make excuses for that. Sure. I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And it's no less than good anyway. I'm not, I'm not trying to, but I'm just trying to, like, that's the thing, you well, have to temper expectations when everyone's talking about how it's one of the great games of the year. No, not even fucking close. As Are we you start being me? critical of this game, that's the thing. Everybody bristles and wants to talk about how we hated it. I keep getting tweets like, well, like Jim Sterling or somebody will say, how, even like Lucy O'Brien tweets that she's really enjoying it. Somebody responds with me. Well, Greg hated it. I'm like, I didn't hate it. That's not at all what I said. There's a nuanced argument happening here. I don't think it's nearly as good as anybody's saying it is, but it was fun. It was fine. I'm glad I played through it. No, and I can rattle off a ton of shooters the last three or four years that are better. I'm excited for you to play Call of Duty. Me playing. I've been playing Call of Duty. I really like the story so far. I really like the characters. The guns feel good because it's Call of Duty and stuff. Uh, I like where that's going. It'll be interesting. I think uh, we're we're within striking distance of Watch Dogs 2. When that comes out, that's more of a game for me in terms of a third person. I'm going to run around San Francisco and do open world shit. And if that can take me away from Call of Duty, I'll be interested. I'm skeptical. Oh, me too. No, I mean, we... I played I'm not a Call of Duty. I'm not skeptical of that at all. I'm skeptical of Watch Dogs. Dogs. No, me too. I mean, I, we played Watch Dogs 2 at that event. We ran around San Francisco and fucked off, and it was great. And I had a lot of fun. And it was really one of those games for me where I was like, oh, man, like, this is... 
This is akin to like when me and Justin Davis did like GTA 5 at 5 where we just ran around and fucked around how much fun that was. Will the campaign, the story live up to that? Will unlocking these abilities I'm using work out? Will I ever use these abilities or will it just be me fucking ghost riding cars and standing on top of things and stealing ghost bikes? Ghost ride the whip. Ghost ride the whip. We'll see. Now, Colin. <sighs> yes. The big thing we played during Extra Life was Overcooked. Yep. I got you your gold trophy. You didn't get me. You helped me. I got you your gold trophy. You guys couldn't do, you couldn't do it with your other friends, so you had to get me Well, in no, there. we just ran out of time. No, Poe's got that kid. He's got that kid. I was yak, yak, yakking over here once. Great game. What a yeah. game. What a great oh game. God, yeah. Better than Titanfall 2. 100%. Are you kidding me? Overcooked way <laughs> better I mean than that, I mean that with for the very, respect. For the very fabric of my being. Overcooked one of the best games of the year, for sure. I agree. I would say I would say top top 10 for sure. Top five, probably, you know. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I, so much fun. You and I have a great time playing it. We don't like multiplayer stuff, but working on those things, trying to figure out, f- losing around, not getting the three stars and sitting there and be like, what can we do differently? How do we do? And I feel like it's fair. That's one of the cool things I like about it. The three stars are achievable. It's never yeah. like, How it might just be out of grass, but it's never like, I just played that flawlessly. And you know, you screwed up. You know what yeah. you did wrong. You know how you can fix it. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, the Good interesting balance. thing is that we got to jump in and play uh, Lost Morsel. We played through what I assume is all of it. It was one it world, broken, a bunch of levels, no trophies, and then when it ended, it just ended. There was no, you did this, no cutscene, no nothing. And it's that, on a retail unit, right? Yeah. Like, so that's got to be it. Yeah. I, I'd, it was weird. It was six stages. They were harder than the game, the normal game, I would say. Yeah, they, they ramped way more quick. Right. That and, was the thing. I and think. Uh, we did get three stars and all of them 18 stars cumulatively. But yeah, never, never, no trophies popped. Um, which would happen even if the trophies aren't alive, by the way. You just wouldn't be able to see them. Yeah, yet. exactly. And uh, But they would live on your console. And... Um, yeah, there was no indication from Onion Man that the game was done. There was no yeah. ending. There was no other island. I don't know. I was, I was a little confused, but I was a little disappointed. I hope that's not, that's not it. It doesn't seem like it fits. It just and that's seems- the thing. I'm, I'm looking back here. We haven't had time, obviously. We were so busy with the uh, extra life. I'm seeing if I have anything in here, if it says how many levels there was. Because maybe that was the thing. Maybe it was just preview DLC, but I've never heard of that. That's never in our time happened. Where, hey, you have a retail game. Here's a code for DLC preview. <laughs> that isn't final. That isn't doing this. So let's see what we got here. Overcooked DLC. Nope, that was it. Six brand new levels featuring an all the, new theme. The possibility is that the original game needs to be patched to accommodate this game in a more intimate way, but that would be weird too. No, according to this, it isn't. Six brand new levels featuring an all new theme, a desert island world, six brand new wacky chefs to unlock, which we did. That's disappointing because I, yeah. I, I could use more. I, I could, could totally. They, really, that's really a game, game they should really. totally put more in and put more trophies out every time, put on a DLC pack here and there. Really great. If game. you're listening, Overcooked, do it. What the fuck, man? Colin, mm. before we jump into the show. Mm. I need to go through the housekeeping again. Thank you for extra life. Fourth place. $74,000. important. It is important, but I don't want to make it important. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to point out. the second most important part of it. That PSX is happening. PlayStation Experience is happening. December, uh, that first weekend, that Sunday, we will be there. Noon, we will be doing PS. I love you. XOXO live from PSX. Sunday at noon, 12-4. That's December 4th. For somewhere else, and you don't understand that. No, it's not April 12th if you're in the UK. Now, here's what I want, Colin. I think I've invented a new segment for the show leading That's into That's what we PSX. really need is another new segment. It's called the PSX Profile of the Week. Okay. This is where, because leading into PSX, this is when the indies hit you up and they say, we're coming to PSX, we're bringing our game. You know what I mean? And we never have time to go see them all. Right. So we have time to talk about them. Right. This g- guy hit me up today with his game and I want to talk about it. However, this is his email in full. You read it quietly. It doesn't say anything in there like don't talk about this yet or that this is a surprise announcement. This game's been announced for a while. I was unaware of it. I wasn't sure if you're aware of it. But I hit him back and I was like, cool, can we get a build of this game to do a Let's Play? And can I talk about it on PSX? 
I'm not getting a response, but I don't think it. I don't see why he wouldn't want people to know he's at PSX, right? It seems makes sense to me. You're sending out a press release. I think it's an embargo you can risk breaking just in case, Greg, if you wanted to. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSX Profile of the Week, where we tell you about a game coming to PSX that you should go see. Today, I want to talk to you about at Heart. I'm sorry, no. Heartforth Alicia. Colin, have you been aware of Heartforth Alicia? No, it looks, it looks, it sounds. Uh, I got a trailer for you that I'm going to, ins- I'm actually going to do some B-roll for PSL Love You, which I never do. So, I'm going to put my little notes down here. 2406. Cool. Uh, Here's the description off the official page. Cool. At Heart Fourth Alicia's core is an ode to the classics. Remember the electrifying gameplay of Castlevania Symphony of the Night? Yes. The devious dungeons of the Zelda series? Yes. And the rich, engaging story of Xenogears? Uh. This is a game that was born out of those experiences. It's a 90s-inspired Metroidvania RPG about a wizard on her journey to end heaven and break free from its grasp, featuring epic adventure that combines timeless 16- and 32-bit gameplay, modern mechanics, and a complex intertwining narrative to take you on a fantastic journey. This is being developed by Alonzo Martin in Mexico City, Mexico. Uh, platforms a whole bunch, but most importantly, PlayStation 4 and Vita. Uh, and Vita, nice, because it just says PlayStation 4 on that. They're... Uh-oh. Well, this is their fact sheet, which I is know, probably but it out says... of date. That's, that concerns me if it doesn't say it in the email. No, no, it says... All, oh, I guess they're all bringing an all-new exclusive PS4 demo, but they don't mention that it's on Vita, PSX. Come on. Why not? Hold on. So this is the email then that we got here. This is from Logan, who's their marketing person Looks great, over by there. The way. Looks great. Uh, working with Indie Development, Metroidvania RPG, Heartforth Alicia. Want to reach out? Yeah, I think they're here. They're saying they're bringing an all new exclusive PlayStation Four demo. I understand it's that, but you would want to also 4. say that's on Vita. But that's confusing. We're bringing an all new PlayStation Four demo that could also be on the Vita, but isn't on the Vita. Just say Heartforth Alicia is coming to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Vita in 2017. Well, they don't have that information. I mean, they didn't put any of that kind of information on here. And then over here on, on, on their little fact sheet, it says release date 2016. I'm not confident in that. This is a game I just found out about today that was kickstarted a long time ago. I went to their web, their blog. Their blog hasn't been updated in a while. There's a lot of things going on here. Oh, you almost got them. You almost nailed them. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to PSX in Anaheim this December, I suggest checking out Heartforth Alicia. Seems very cool. I'm glad you liked it. When I because when I saw it, it looked like something you'd enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then when they're like Metroidvania RPG, sounds like something I'd enjoy. Well, bringing everything together. So it looks great. All right, cool. The trailer looks great. So everybody check that out. Again, the trailer, hopefully, if I edited the show right, was running during that, and everything's fantastic. And if you are Alonzo Martin in Mexico City, Mexico, who made that game, and I just broke your embargo, sorry, your emails need to be more clear. Colin, let's start the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. can't tell my hair. There are... 16 items on Oh, Baker's dozen! Number one, Knob Switch is coming to PlayStation Vita Ooh. and is due out on November 22nd. That's it. That's it for the news. A game we invented in the, in the privacy of the podcast beyond recording studio oh so long ago mm-hmm. is actually coming to PlayStation Vita. Yep. Knob Switch. Knob Switch. Scott Rohde made a sound shapes level. This, is, of course, goes back to when we were making fun of game names, and I said, well, you just take a doorknob, take a light switch, knob switch. I made a game name. Here we are, years later. God only knows how long. Mitchell Morgan probably knows, but nobody else does. Here we are. Knob switch is a real game coming out next week. Yep. That's insane. Uh, it, does weeks, not look like a, it does not look like a game I can play. Uh, it looks like a game that I might be able to play. It looks like... it, it looks. You guys can go just look it up. I mean, like... Uh, 
you know, it's an, it's a unique game. It's not going to be for everyone, I don't think. It might not be for anyone. I have no idea. Uh, I just thought it was funny that it exists. You can look up the trailer. Just Google it. People are the guy tweeted it at us, too. I said that this was a stroke of genius on his part because he knew we would have to talk about it. Yeah. So there's no way around it. Yeah. So I wanted to put it up at the number one. Number also, one it's story. a PlayStation Vita game. Yep. So we're going to make it trend and talk. It'll be the new Taco Master. We're getting it on the. the if know. it's good. I'm not going to pimp knob switch if it's not good. It, I'll be the it's judge. It's a of knob that. that turns and you, you decide what notes what note. As long I as wonder there, how much it's going to cost. As long as there's video tutorials to get me my trophies, I'm fine. Okay. Because I'm not going to sit there and try to learn notes myself. My sus- I suspect there will be no video tutorials to get you your knob switch trophies. You don't think Brian over at PS4 Trophies is going to do this. He has bigger fish to fry right now. He want, I'm telling you right now. I'm putting in a request for the trophy video for that. All right. Colin. Yes. Join me as we go down a little bit of a rabbit hole. You ready? Yes. Jose Luis Casillas mm. writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hi guys. So first they announced knob switch and now we get a my name is Mayo game. What will be the next game inspired from one of your ideas? Love you guys. Jose Luis Concilas. Now, the, are you familiar with this My Name is Mayo game? Yeah, I saw it on the drop. Is it coming up later? Okay. So, yeah, so, it'll come up later. Okay. I don't th- I don't think we can take credit for My Name is Mayo. No, no. Personally. I mean, we could. We could. And actually, this would be you. You take credit for that. I'll take it. All right. Knob switch my baby. You know what I am going to take credit you, for? Okay. You made Mayo. I made Knob Switch. What's the next game that we need, happens from our idea? I think it's pretty simple. Some kind of Waterman game. The Waterman. Just the Waterman. Yeah, the Waterman. So if you're a developer out there and you want to make a game, you have our permission to make a game called The Waterman. Now, we can workshop it for them. We can start charging you, though, in terms of what make it's it going to be. Vita exclusive. I feel like it's a survival horror game. I feel like you're hiding from them. I feel like it's like that baby game, remember? but it's better than that baby game. What's the baby game? The baby where you were the baby in the crib and your mom might get murdered and then you walk around and the teddy bear is all creepy. Never alone. Oh, nightmare oh, alone. Bur- something by sleep or sleep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep yeah. something. Alone sleep. Sleep alone. I don't sleep. Remember. I was gonna say birth by sleep. Birth by that's sleep. King, that's, that's Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. That's not good either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, so now we're gonna go down to another question. You ready? Yes. This one comes from Ted. He says, "Greetings, Greg and Colin. I was check. I was checking exophases I do every day when I stumbled across a game called My Name Is Mayo on the Vita and PlayStation Four. Two separate trophy lists, each with a platinum. After a quick Google ser- Google search, Google, I found that you can obtain the platinum in an hour. Plus, it's super cheap." Of course, I'm buying this as soon as it shows up Tuesday. If this had 12 bronze trophies, I wouldn't have given this game a second thought. But with two easy platinums, this is a no-brainer. Developers need to realize that a platinum trophy is definitely something that needs to go into their games. They're leaving money on the table by not putting one in their game. That's just truth. That's just fact. Yeah, every game should have a platinum. I mean, I I think the biggest miss this year was uh, Song of the Deep. Which was, Mm. I mean, it was unfathomable. Do you get it? A real game. I get it. Okay, high five. Come here. That, no, they that was a yeah, Song of the Deep, one of my favorite experiences. I love that game so much and so deep and so much to do and long. And when it didn't, it's have, totally clueless. When it didn't have a platinum, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be like a two, three hour game. And like, no, no, it's a full on <laughs> Metroidvania game. Like, oh, like, why the fuck doesn't this have a real platinum? It's very weird. What I've been told by inside sources before, maybe they're developers, maybe they're Shuhei Yoshida, maybe they're Jack Trenton, is the fact that if if you push just a little, you can get a platinum trophy. But Sony will say no, and then people just go, all right, cool, because they don't understand the power of trophies. Which you understand stupid. the power why, why, of trophies, everyone, put a platinum in the fucking thing. You think thing. Sony would let them know the power of trophies? Since I don't I'm know. Sure they have Who data. is working in the trophy department at PlayStation that isn't like, nah, whatever they want. They don't have bigger problems than, than the trophy department. I'm still saying, <laughs> we're on our own. We joked around for a long time that when we lost our jobs, we would be trophy consultants. Mm. 
I think we could do it now. And we would just have to, of course, tell people. Well, let's just say we'll we'll do it. You'll pay us. You'll pay us good. And we'll do it. Any developer out there that let a lot of developers listen to the show. If you want us to consult triple A, A, indie, make trophy list. We'll make the trophy list. Oh, because the thing about so here's the thing about knob switch specifically. Yeah. If there isn't a trophy in there that's called Miller and a trophy called Moriarty, I'm gonna be very fucking now, upset. Because now, that now, was a, that is a lost opportunity. I hear you. I'm not I'm not I'm not criticizing. So just stick with me for two seconds. What I'm gonna say is you are making a very specific trophy request after the game's already been announced. I'm just saying, what if there's some kind of nod to us or beyond or whatever? If the trophy's called Beyond, I'm going to be very upset. Okay. Okay? Because that's the show we used to do. Yeah. The game must have just gone through certification recently. But you got to respect where it came from. I suppose. But there, uh, all I'm saying is that there needs to be a nod to us in there somewhere. The now, I'm in the, now I'm in the thank you list. A you know, nod switch? A nod switch. I, I feel like... Well, I'm sure maybe we'll be in the credits as the inspiration inspired by, right? Something I would like, like to think that. so, too. If we don't have that, I was in the Axiom upside. Verge, thank you, on, on the, the Wii U, Wii U and, yeah. and all these other things. So I'd like to make a second appearance and perhaps a third and fourth appearance in the future as well in other games. Well, we got our trophy consulting business off the ground. So we got to get a good name for it. We're dead serious. That opportunity is not like I funny. could make you a trophy list that is phenomenal for any game, any game. I go through games all the time and I'm like, why is the Titanfall 2 is a good example. I'm like, why are the half these things getting giving me trophies? Like you're just getting trophies sometimes back to back for, yeah. for narrative. I'm like, this is you guys don't get it. You yeah. don't understand what no. it what how to pop a trophy. How to, and we and I'm not and as as a member of this team, I'm not criticizing you not understanding. You're developers, you're making games, you're working in Maya, you gotta worry about how's the story going, where are we tightening up the graphics? There's a million things going on. You think trophies are simple. Trophies aren't simple. Just give us a shot to show you how they're meant to be done. All right, and, and what I'll say is what Colin always says: vote with your wallet, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't like the trophies in a game, don't buy that game, and then write really mean letters to people saying why you didn't. Don't do that part. Me, but no. Write mean letters to people, not to the developer, <laughs> just random people. Dear Obama, <laughs> number two, EA and Bioware have finally told us more about Mass Effect Andromeda. Primarily, <gasps> like a release date? Prim- nope. Primarily by way of a new trailer. We'll leave the trailer watching to you out there. But here's what the Amazon page for the game says: "Quote." Chart your own course in a dangerous new galaxy. Unravel the mysteries of the Andromeda galaxy as you discover rich alien worlds in search of humanity's new home. Battle like never before. New additions like destructible environments, boosted jumps for added verticality, and all new weapons and biotics make combat more thrilling than ever. With amazing weapons, powers, and tech, and much more flexible skill and weapon progression trees, you can replicate your playstyle to make you, un- make you unstoppable against new powerful alien enemies." End quote. The game also apparently includes four-player multiplayer, though the nature of that is still unknown. I assume it'll be co-op. Uh, but I don't know. And Game Informer has confirmed that loyalty missions, which were popular in Mass Effect 2, are returning. Yeah! Stunningly, EA hasn't said anything about a release date. Though we'll remember... Doesn't say spring. ...that March 21st, 2017 was the date identified in an accompanying Dark Horse comic book, and I still think that that is the date. Um, I don't know what... They must not be confident that the game's going to be ready to I don't go. Think, I don't think it has a shot in hell. In which case, I understand N7 Day is a big deal, but this isn't even about N7. It's about uh, the Andromeda still Initiative. Still but that's because that's what they were sent off in. Like yeah. it has nothing to do with them anymore. So like th- this holiday is stupid. That's that's the thing. Like everyone's like, and seven day November. I'm like, that's stupid. It has nothing to do with them anymore. Now it's a new game. All right. So what I'm saying is they didn't have to say anything today. If they're not ready to talk about the game, then don't talk about the here's, game. Here's the counter argument, Colin, is that how many video games have holidays <laughs> that people know are are ab- that day is about this thing? Here's the other thing. 95% of the people that play Mass Effect have no idea that today is a holiday. But the dorks do. Oh, my God. That Brit Bromrocker, Steimer, they know what's happening. They care about it. They're all over it. And, like, the thing about it is, like, it's you know, the trailer ends and it still says spring. I'm like, 
No, not a chance in hell. Not a fucking chance. Unless we're playing loose and fast with this fucking release date. Like we or love fast to do. and loose. Either one. Yeah. Like we like to do in the video game industry. Mm. Not a chance in hell this is going to hit. This, no. Not, this is no. no. You're, you're lucky. You'll be lucky to get this in the fall. March is when I think the game's going to come out. Okay. I mean, it's it's. I think it's alarming that there's no release date, that you still haven't seen that much of the game, really, of like like the gameplay of it. Today was really cinema-based, which is great, but even the cinematics they were showing didn't look amazing, I thought. Like, I'm excited for more Mass Effect, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't watching this like, oh, fuck, oh, my God, yes, oh, wow. The thing is, is that if the game doesn't come out in March or April, then you can't release it until the fall. You can't release Mass Effect in July. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It would be a great time to release because kids are out of school, everyone's a little kind of low-key or whatever, you know, right? But, hey, man, let's go to the galaxy. Let's do the man Andromeda initiative, man. Number three. Sony has revealed new sales figures for PlayStation 4 as well as new financial data for the PlayStation division and, and Sony as a whole. For starters, from June 30th to September 30th of 2016, the company shipped 3.9 million PlayStation 4 consoles, bringing worldwide sales up to 47.4 million units. This puts it a mere 1.6 million units behind Super Nintendo. It is currently the eighth sell best-selling console of all time, and when including handhelds, it sits at 13th. Stunningly, with the exception of Vita, it is still the worst-selling PlayStation console, though it has <laughs> only been on the market for three years, and will all almost certainly eclipse all but PS2 and perhaps PS1 sales. PlayStation 2 sold 155 million units lifetime, making it the best-selling console and best-selling gaming hardware of all time, while PS1 sold 102.5 million units, PlayStation 3 83.8 million units, and PlayStation Portable 82 million units. Sony expects to ship 20 million PS4s by the end of its fiscal year, which will bring PS4s to 60 million units by March 2017, which is right around where the NES sits lifetime. Sales at PlayStation slid 11.3% due primarily to foreign exchange rates, while operating income also fell due mostly to lower PS3 sales and the PS4 price drop. However, PlayStation and Sony remain in the black. I think their operating income was somewhere in the hundreds of millions. Number four, PlayStation Pro is launching this week, and along with it, around 30 games will be out-of-the-box compatible or patched to work with the console. In addition, 45 games will work with Pro by year's end and many more next year, according to Sony. If you're curious, these are the games that will work with Pro on November 10th, so I have a list here for you guys. Lay it on me. In case you're going to buy a console, these are the games you can expect to take advantage of Pro's power. Battlezone, Bound, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, Dishonored 2, Drive Club VR, EA Sports FIFA 17, Firewatch, Helldivers, Hitman, Helldivers? Yep, Hitman, Hustle Kings, Infamous First Light, Infamous Second Son, Knack, Mafia 3, Mantis Burn Racing, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, NBA 2K17, Neon Chrome, Paragon, PlayStation VR Worlds, Ratchet & Clank, Res Infinite, Riggs, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Robinson the Journey, Smite, Super Ooh. Stardust Ultra, The Elder Scrolls Online Gold Edition, The Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited, The Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim Special Edition, The Last of Us Remastered, The Last of Us Left Behind, The, Play uh, the Playroom VR, Thumper, Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, Until Dawn Russia Blood, Viking Squad, Wheels of Aurelia, World of Tanks, and XCOM 2. Pretty good list of games. I like that Mantis Racing is on there. And I'm not knocking Mantis Racing. Those guys reached out, sent me a code for the game. I still haven't had a chance to play it. But it didn't seem like it was that intense of a game. It's like, you know, well, neither is Helldivers. That's why I'm curious, like, what is... I don't know. At Arrowhead with Helldivers, I'm probably like, all right, like, maybe the game looks like you're going Yeah, maybe it won't fuck everything. That sucks that that happened to you. That's a real... That's a deal. And Alienation. That sucks, too. And there was no excuse for Alienation because you can only play it on PS4. Number five. It looks like the next Tomb Raider game is called Shadow of the Tomb Raider, at least if a picture of a man's laptop from a Montreal subway is any indication. Oh, oui, oui. Reddit user Triple H280 was apparently riding to work in downtown Montreal one morning when he spotted a man on a laptop working on a presentation for a game called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So he took a picture. 
Kotaku reports that this title syncs with what they've heard. And making matters more interesting is that IDOS Montreal, according to Kotaku, is the developer working on it. Crystal Dynamics, the studio behind Tomb Raider's Resurgence, right here in the Bay Area, is apparently not working on this particular game, though it's mm. possible they're working on another one. This is all we know for right now as publisher Square Enix hasn't said a peep since the leak, I think wisely so. We discussed it at length on the Gamescast. Um, interesting. Uh not, I'm not alarmed, I shouldn't say, but I loved what Crystal has been doing with their Tomb Raider, and I'm not super stoked to see somebody else pick up that torch, or maybe it's something different, maybe it's a different character, maybe we ran through all these options on the games cast, but if it is, alright, cool, this is you know the next one after Rise of the Tomb Raider, and we're just picking up, it's like, oh. Come here real quick, take your glasses off. Make a wish. There you go. Nope, Kevin's still over there. <laughs> I'm kidding, Kev. I love you. I fed you lunch today. Number six. SUNY. Uh, SUNY. Okay. Sony hasn't said too much about PlayStation VR in recent days, except for this. According to Sony's chief financial officer, Kenichiro Yoshida, it's on track, in quotes, in terms of sales. Sony initially expected to sell hundreds of thousands of units right at launch. Superdata, a research group as relayed by GameSpot, reports that Sony could potentially sell 2.6 million PSVR units by the time the calendar reaches 2017. Uh, excitement seems high, but I also feel like no one's talking about it anymore. Thank so, you. That so, was what I wanted to talk about, is yep. the fact that we mentioned it a second ago with the the pro thing, that when when PSVR came out, I was very excited and happy that all the tweets and all the feedback we were getting from kids, is they were excited, they were enjoying it, it wasn't what I was worried about, of like, this is it, this is the launch line, blah, blah, blah. I have not heard anyone saying, man, I'm addicted to rigs, I can't stop playing E Valkyrie, like, what happened? Like, are you guys still playing that? I need to know. I wonder if... Um Kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. PSVR is selling strong. Uh, GameStop itself uh, said that it's actually exceeding their expectations. Um, I w- so selling, holiday- selling hardware during holiday season is smart, but I wonder if because of the glut of AAA games that take gamers... This isn't a casual thing. Yeah. Casual gamers aren't playing PSVR. The investment is too high. Financially and all the rest. And I wonder if it's actually a rock and a hard place or a strategic error kind of uh, situation where releasing PSVR when Battlefield comes out, Call of Duty's out, Titanfall's out, Watch Dogs is out, etc., etc. Skyrim, like maybe it should have been released in the summer. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should have been released like at a time when it could have breathed. But then they're going to say our marketing shows probably that we're going to sell a lot in November. We're going to sell a lot for the holiday season. So I think it's just. What I would be interested to see, and we're not going to see it, is Sony's back end, again, heat mapping about how sure. this thing is being played. Because, um, And the other thing that's going to be interesting is when they finally do sales charts, including PSVR games on PlayStation Blog, if they're going to separate them out or if they're going to put them in there. And I hope that they put them in with the PlayStation 4 games to see how they all stack up on each other. Each other. Um, because you can extrapolate now because MPD takes third-party retail da- or uh, digital data, and so you can kind of figure out where things would sit. Um, and I also wonder if any of those games will appear in MPD at all. Um, and probably the answer is probably. So um, just because retail sales seem to be very top heavy, sports heavy, same games over and over again, I wouldn't be surprised to see a PSVR game at number 10 or number nine. You know, the so but, it, I, I, but I agree. No one's talking about it. The, uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing in the what, of what you're talking about is that gamers are immediately distracted by all the AAA releases because it could be the what I, I was worried about the first time around. If it was the summer, if it did release with nothing else there, where it would be great. I have so much time to invest into PlayStation VR and you get it. And it's like. Well, this was an experience. This game's making me sick. Like I don't feel like putting it on tonight. Oh, why did I buy this thing? I'm not, and then you get that growing. Here it is. I had a great weekend with PlayStation VR. And I'm excited for the future, but now it is Battlefield time. Now it is Titanfall. Now it yeah. is Watch Dogs. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's a novelty item. 
um, for some. I don't think it's, uh, as I said before, I don't think it's a gimmick, uh, uh, a heavy G gimmick, a big G gimmick. Big G? Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll see how it all turns out. But I agree that, you know, chatter was high and chatter was positive, yeah. um, which is nice. But I wonder if the naysayers will end up being correct. I don't think so. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I, I mean, I certainly have been distracted from playing it. There are a bunch of games. I mean, Robinson, as we're going to get into in a little while, comes out. That game was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, also, the studio that's making it apparently shitting the bed right now. But uh, that's a Crytek game, right, Robinson? Oh, And apparently yeah, yeah, they yeah. haven't paid people in a long time, oh, according great. to one report. Again. I was um, going to say, this sounds familiar. That's how we got Homefront, the, the great game called Homefront the Revolution. Um, so... Yeah, so we'll see how it all turns out. But I mean, I want to get to E Valkyrie. I want to get to Stardust. Uh, uh, Robinson, right. uh, Battlezone looks fucking great. Uh, there's a bunch of games, but I'm just like, I don't have time. Like, I want to play these core experiences first and then clear the plate. And what I'm really excited about is, uh, like, I don't care about Watch Dogs 2. I'll probably, maybe I'll play. I don't want to say probably, maybe I'll play it. There's not that much else coming out this year. So now I have, for me, so now I have time. Big old Last Guardian. Big old Last G. Last Guardian's going to be five hours long. Just watch. Okay? We'll be done with it in a day. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's like a 30 hour open world. Final Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy. All right. So that's one. So that's one game. Definitely play that. And some Vita games. Uh, Les Accoutrements. Les Accoutrements. Uh, but to me, uh, I'm excited about these these six or seven weeks that we're going to get where I can just play whatever. Because especially the two weeks we have off at the end of the year, because I'm going to fucking go balls in on on some of these games. One game that I've been. So we Nick and I were playing Skyrim on the uh, just for a, a few minutes on the um, extra we're making fun of it on the extra live stream. And uh I was like, I don't want to play this now, but I, but part of me is like, you're there, aren't you? I feel, you know, I feel, like I see I'm like, my cross media where I'm like, man, I had a great time. Do I want to really start back over though? And I don't remember there. enough of it to even mm-hmm. care. Well, it was, yeah. it was never about story really. Right. It was about XP. And I mean, I, I, I'll never forget sitting there for <laughs> 45 minutes while you did Washington's beard with Mark Ryan and sin, where I sat there listening to that and just crouched behind a monk and would hit him. And then he'd stand up and he'd sit down and I get an XP point for stealth or whatever. Then I hit him. Couldn't you? <laughs> couldn't you walk next to people when they were sleeping and get stealth points? Like if you just walk around so. people's bedrooms, yeah, I think something like that. I'm sure they like patched that out. That was the best. Oh yeah, because there, there was videos so of people just like shit. walking into people's bedrooms and just walking around and like the bar would fill. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's really the one I've. Not, the, you want to know one of the ones I've felt this unnatural call to go back to all of a sudden recently, and maybe Watch Dogs derails it, and maybe Call of Duty satiates, maybe. But I'm th- I'm seeing on the other side of all these ga- these two games. The Division. I saw this Polygon article about how the patches have fixed it, and I was like, I wouldn't mind jumping back in to see. Just, even if it's just for a night, I ring up old Fran Mirabella. He takes the curlers out of his hair, and him and I go back out there. We shoot some people in the face. just can't remember how to play anymore. You know I know. I mean? That's my concern, but it's just third-person shooters. my other thing. Sure. Also, we're getting closer and closer to Ghost Recon Wildlands. That's Hell March, right? Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. I thought you were going to say, because you brought up Call of Duty, I thought you were going to say Wolfenstein, because that's, that's a game I really feel like you're fucking up. You know, like you're actually fucking up. You know, you want, like, Wolfenstein's certainly much better than Titanfall, for instance, um, in terms of single-player campaign. I think you're fucking up not playing that game. Number seven. Capcom is expecting very strong sales of Resident Evil 7, which is launching in late January of 2017. According to an investment Q&A spotted by GameSpot, Capcom thinks it can sell 4 million copies of the new survival horror game by the end of its fiscal year. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm super stoked about Resident Evil 7. That's definitely one of my most anticipated games of next year, especially on PSVR. Playable from front to back. Really interested to see how that's going to work out. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are going to get car sick. That's what I think is going to happen. Number eight. That game company, the studio behind PlayStation Hits Flow, Flower, and Journey, has revealed its fourth game, kind of. The studio has been toiling away on a new project since Journey launched in 2012 and has revealed an image on its Twitter account of a candle lighting another candle on a light blue background with the text, A Game About Giving. 
accompanying the picture. The company has since confirmed the game will launch in 2017 while releasing some more art, including four kids as white silhouettes holding hands on a light blue background and an image of some sort of monolith on a grassy hill with clouds behind it. That game company is no longer associated exclusively with Sony, having fulfilled its three-game contract with the publisher, and the developer has yet to confirm where this game will land. So it might not even be on PlayStation. Um, you and I both think it won't be, actually. Uh, but uh, it's worth noting, because that game company's heritage is deep on PlayStation 3. Sure. Um, and uh, we all, are, regardless of where it lands, hope that it's great and hope that uh, people love it as much as Journey. And as I've said before, Genova Chen looks like, looked like a broken man at GDC last year. Um, we asked him, how hard, how hard is it to follow up? He's like, are you kidding me? It's incredibly hard to follow up on Journey. That's why we We've canceled games. We've we tried to do this. We just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, they have the money and the means to, to hang out. They're privately held, so they can take their time. Um, but yeah, I don't envy them, and I and I don't believe that they are. I don't want to say I don't believe they're capable because I don't think that's the right word. But they're not capable of beating Journey. I don't think mm. simply because that to me is if they can beat Journey, then they are maybe the best game developer of all time because Journey is certainly a tour de force of its on a whole nother level like you know uh, this this very special and unique experience that you can only have once right yeah even watching other people play it even playing it again you don't have it again you have it once and it's really awesome and uh if you haven't played journey i mean you're really fucking up it's on ps4 it's on ps3 go play it um so i don't envy them uh and i don't think they're gonna be able to beat journey um but maybe i don't know i I uh, I feel for them because it's, it reminds me a lot of like I mean this is a music anecdote maybe some people like it reminds me of no doubt with Tragic Kingdom or Green Day with Dookie or how do you um, follow up perfection? I mean I actually think Nimrod's a better record than Dookie but for a lot of people yeah how do you how how do you follow up Tragic Kingdom how do you follow up you know all these things it's like you don't you just do the best you can like these are lightning in the bottle moments and Journey's one of those so we'll see unless you're Naughty Dog unless you're Naughty Dog that's true <clears throat> number nine Titanfall 2 may be selling poorly, at least according to anecdotal evidence, but EA insists the franchise will continue. Blake Jorgensen of EA confirmed as much in a financial call in which, according to GameSpot, he also said that PS4 and Xbox One sales should be around 80 million units sold by the end of this year and 100 million sold by the end of 2017, with 33% more units in the wild right now than PS3 and Xbox 360 at this respective point in their cycles. Additionally, and this is an interesting thing, he noted that Jade Raymond's Assassin's Creed light game from EA Motive is perhaps three or four years out, Mm. while Battlefield's one user base was nearly twice that of Battlefield 4's in its first week. Um, the interesting thing here is the 33% more PS3s and Xbox 360s. For people that pay attention to this, this number is shrinking constantly. Um, and we are starting to reach uh, the point in which the lines are going to intersect pretty soon. Um, remember, for years, it was like 60%, 50%, 40%. Now it's 33%. Saturation, yep. right? Mm-hmm. People own them. And maybe now they go out to run out and buy those pros for yeah. their 4K TVs. Yeah, we'll see. They want to get make sure they're getting the most graphical fidelity out of hell divers. <laughs> Gotta have that HDR running on Hell Divers, bruh. Number 10. Drawn to Death is no longer free to play, according to a post on the PlayStation blog by the one David Jaffe. Here's what he said in part. Quote, As you may know, Drawn to Death has been available in a quasi-beta phase that we called limited access. During this time, we collected a ton of insightful information from the community. After reviewing everything we learned during the limited access period, we have decided to officially launch Drawn to Death as a traditional paid title. For our limited access fans, we wanted to take this opportunity to confirm that we won't be making any changes to the moment-to-moment gameplay. Drawn to Death is still the skill-based hardcore shooter brawler hybrid that it is always intended to be, end quote. You can get more information by reading the PlayStation blog. He did say Colin was right in his on Twitter, and people were saying it in the comments. I don't know that I necessarily want to take credit for this one. Uh, particularly, I'm glad they listened, but I think it's still too late. Mm. Um, the the So I think, and I think Jaffe knows this, um, 
he's a smart man. He's a studied man. He understands the game industry. They overexpose this game, whether it's paid or not. And the what I suspect that Sony San Diego learned from uh, its sister game, Killstrain, which is dead, um, is that you can't. We can't. We can't send this thing out to die. It's not going to be supported by free to play. It's they're not going to make money on it. I think either way, this game is probably not going to do very well. Um, and it makes me sad to say that because I like David Jaffe. First of all, I think he's yeah. a great guy and think the game looks fantastic. And I think it's very unique and novel. And that really is saying something in an environment where um, unique novel things are not happening very often. Look around you in the game industry. Um, I just I just feel like Sony has this very unique power of first party that's only bested by Nintendo. Right. And if you don't put everything behind it and make it a big deal that it's a first party exclusive game and make it something that people want and put a lot of love and time into it in terms of marketing and in terms of being careful with it, then I just think it's going to fail. Like Killstrain just fucking bombed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they really put a lot of time into that. And the same thing happened. Um, the thing, I, So the thing I get mad, I get nervous about, I don't know if you can draw this parallel that I am from from drawing to death is is um, the Q Games uh Soviet game. What the fuck was it called? Tomorrow uh, tomorrow, the Tomorrow, tomorrow Children. Children. Tomorrow Children. The Tomorrow Children was a paid game that went, went free to play. So it's doing the opposite because no one fucking cared because the game was shown too much. Then it disappeared. Then they just pooped it out. That the one you know, I here's, just don't get. I, I it's understand. Fu- it's we've fucking ta- frustrating. We've talked about this. We talked it to death on. We thought that Drawn to Death had too much exposure. That's been a common theme when we talk about Drawn to Death on Peace of XOXO. My comment when this went up, we talked about it, was the fact that maybe it is too late. But it is the fact that, you know what, I haven't seen people, Jaffe tweeting about, hey, get in the beta, get in the beta, get in the beta, get in the beta, or, nor have I seen PlayStation blogs. It seems like it actually, they did cut it off at some point, go radio silent on it, and now they come up. And what I found interesting about this was the fact that, we're, all right, it's going to be a paid release. Here's everything you'll get when you buy the game. Release date coming soon. I think that this is going to be... Like this one of my PlayStation. This is gonna be one of my PSX predictions. That PSX, they're gonna be like drawn to death. Is here it is. It is paid. Jaffe talks about it. We see some new stuff. It's available now, and you have to buy it. And I think that is enough of a twist that it won't get. It won't do what Guns Up did. Where Guns Up, remember you and I were talking about like that game is still in beta. We don't. It came out in trophies, and you could get. And everybody's like, not everybody. A couple people in the comments were like. Uh, guys, at PSX last year, they announced on stage that that was out. And it's like, oh, well, we glossed over because we didn't fucking care about the game. We were, we were already sick of hearing about it at PSX, and then suddenly it's out, yeah, right? Yeah, they played it at E3 two years before that or something. And so like- the thing with Drawn to Death is if they do go quiet and they didn't, I mean, the, it was, hey, here's here's the bad news out front. You got to pay for this, too, which isn't bad news. But here's the bad news that you'd see. Like, if we did that at PSX, you're less excited. Now you start thinking about, okay, I got to pay for Drawn to Death if I want to play it. And then they do do something really cool at PSX and show it and say it's available right now. You can go buy it. Maybe even. It's available right now, and it's going to be PlayStation Plus right now. I don't know if they, they want to throw that out there, but it is another way to be like, give it some kind of, it can't just be quietly put out there. It's not, we don't want it to be Tomorrow Children put out there, and then you never, no, no marketing, no nothing, no whatever. Who, who played that game? Like, that's the thing. It's like, I never, I haven't heard one fucking person talk about the Tomorrow Children. When I hear people one. talk about the Tomorrow Children, they talk about, holy shit, that came out, I didn't even know. Like, yeah, just came and went. So that's the thing is like the marketing in general for Drawn to Death can be, hey, people who played this last year at PSX and loved it because it always shows well at PSX. Mm -hmm. Here it is. It's now it's out right now. Buy it when you get home for being here. You get free character free whatever. My question is this. Who the fuck is minding the store? And I don't mean the PlayStation store. Who's just minding bound? 
fucking irrelevant, right? Which, according to Brian Altano, I saw on Twitter one of the best PSVR games he's played in terms of beauty, and I haven't gotten a chance to play. No one plays it, right? Tomorrow Children. What I'm saying is these downloadable second-party games are coming out. Bound comes from Plastic. The guys that did the Torah and all those, and you know, uh, Linger and Shadows. Uh, that game comes out and no one talks about it. Uh, Q Games, which makes fucking great games, for some reason doesn't make a pixel junk game, makes the Tomorrow Children a game no one asked for, right? We love pixel junk. Keep giving us fucking pixel junk games. You guys are revolutionizing all these all these genres. You know, give us the Tomorrow Children, then we'll just poop that out. That game probably costs more to make than all the other fucking pixel junk games combined, right? So that comes out. They, uh, for some reason, think putting a free-to-play MOBA on PlayStation 4 is a good idea. So People they make love the MOBAs, because they, because they So they make Kill Strain, then fucking lay the entire team off because the game bombs, as we all knew it was going to. And now we have Drawn to Death. This is the fourth game in that list of 2016 kind of... And I'm like, I, I just get so mad because these games aren't bad. It's just that they're not putting any marketing behind them. And I'm not saying TV commercial. I'm just like, can can any normal gamer even tell me what the fuck Bound is? I have it. I know what it is. But why are we why are we even bothering putting to, these out? Yeah, like why is Sony even putting any of these games out? What is the point? Just cancel them. I mean, the, like, thing, the thing about Drawn to Death is I think that, granted, maybe it's too late to do anything, make Drawn to Death the success, do anything about it. It is them admitting that, okay, it's time to change strategies. It and I'm not them, saying... They're reading the tea leaves as you always want. I'm not saying Drawn to Death is, should be canceled, by the way. I'm saying these no, other, no, these no, other no, games, no. It's, like, it's, like, it's like, yeah, Bound, uh, produced by a friend of ours at Sony Santa Monica, we're, we're, like working hard on this game, but then they just don't seem to care. Like, I, I just... I just don't get it. I, I, I don't understand how we've fallen so far. Think about PlayStation 3's digital ecosystem. There were a lot of great games on there that did very well. And I'm not saying that PlayStation 4 doesn't have those games. We have Resogun. We have other games that do well, but and a lot of third-party stuff. But like, there is no Journey. There is no Flower. There is no Stardust. There the is no... The Last Guy. The la- yeah, The Last Guy. There, there, you know what I mean? Like, we're taking these... There's no Tokyo Jungle. There's no, like... Games that are weird and quirky and different and get mindshare and get talked about and get a review on IGN that matters. I'm just disappointed in it. Like it seems like they're it seems like they're taking a quantity over quality approach now, just putting whatever the fuck they want on the con on the console yeah. every week, just shitting a bunch of these games out. I just think someone needs to like like I think they're I'm just gonna say it straight and I say say it straight. And I think I whether I'm right or wrong. I think they're wrong. I think they're just they're they're messing this up. You know, they're messing the digital ecosystem up. They're messing up these $20 games that they could really get. Journey was an investment. You know, we're going to get Edith Finch and all these games from them. But like, well, keep in mind, like this is what I think a lot of people walked away from E3 worrying about the worst case scenario is the fact that all of a sudden it seemed like is Sony swinging back to being PlayStation is AAA, 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 AAA. And we're going to leave these things out in the cold. And Tomorrow Children is, you know, granted. War out, it's welcome. Where the fuck's this game? But it had been talked about and pimped really hard when it was. That's the PlayStation we are. We are the PlayStation of these small, ind- independent, quirky games, or the you know, not independent, but you know what I mean. These games that you're going to get nowhere else. These experiences. I just, uh, I think that it's it's sad, and I, I, I'm not saying Sony should invest first party re- re- resources into the, into developing these games at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's just sad to see these games that are clearly like have talent behind them and clearly have something to them. Kill Strain clearly had intelligent design and it clearly had and I don't mean intelligent design like a god makes things I mean like you know an intelligent design philosophy people that really knew what they were doing working on it and they owe more to these developers and they owe more to David Jaffe than to like give him a little his studio some money and, and develop a game like put something behind it what they should have done with Drawn to Death two years ago was to say like stop we're making this a $60 game Hire people. We're going to give you money, and you're going to make a campaign for your game. We're going to have a campaign and a story. Hire some people, to, and we're going to have, and we're going to, and we're going to emphasize this multiplayer. But we have something special here, you know. And 
that's what makes me so sad about uh, you know his particular game Jaffe's particular game is not something that I'm like you know really wild about or like looking forward to playing because it's just not I don't like multiplayer competitive shooters but if that had a if that had a campaign like I said it before like this is a this is a truly unique game like this is a really unique idea and it's such a waste that Sony is kind of like at the 11th hour basically being like oh no 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 like now we're gonna make a pain I'm like it's but it's too late you know you guys should have done this a long time ago now i'm glad that they're gonna this is going to be a better scenario for them monetarily and in terms of success than the other way around simply because i think if you don't if you're not willing to charge for your game you don't really believe in it i really do believe that from the very bottom of my heart i don't care what the fuck the game is and i don't care how popular it is you know if, if uh i know that, that for every world of tanks uh or you know one of these three ios games that make a lot of money there are a fucking thousand of them that don't so i don't i think those are the anomalies those are the outliers and i clearly think that if you put a price on your game then you at least believe in it. And so I'm glad to see that they believe in it. And I think it's going to work for them in some capacity. But it's just sad to see this kind of A-level, second-party, exclusive ecosystem just fucking dying. It's just dying. And uh, I, I like my AAA games as much as anyone, but I, I like a, a diversity of games as well. And so, you know, it just it bum, well, it bums was, me out. That, that was the ecosystem we were existing in for so long, right? Where it was that once middle tier fell away, that it was the independence, these downloadables, these experiences you're getting off the PlayStation Store are what's satiating you between AAA experiences. Whereas right now, it's so much AAA, and then it's this things we don't care about coming out on the PlayStation Store necessarily. So yeah, I agree. We'll see how it all works out, but I'm glad we're. I think we're on the same page there. It's it's definitely. I mean, we've covered PlayStation for a long time. It's changing. Number eleven. In an interview with Sony's Sean Layden, as relayed by DualShockers, our friend Jeff Keighley asked the head hey. of PlayStation about No Man's Sky. Here's what he said. Quote, I think Hello Games, Sean Murray, and his team had an incredible vision on what they were going to create. Something never done before. And a very small team had a very huge ambition. Now they're still working on it. They're still updating it. They're trying to get it closer to what their vision was. I played a lot of it when it came out, Ellipsis. I think what we learned from that is that we don't want to stifle ambition. We don't want to stifle creativity. We don't want to put people into slots where they must execute against an action-adventure path or a fighting path or a shooting path, Ellipsis. Nobody in development wants to say that they can't do a thing, right? No one wants to tell someone, no, I can't do that for you. People are really trying. I think looking at the different industries in which I had the privilege of working, the gaming industry is where everybody has the courage to say yes, and they want to try to realize their ambitions. They want to try to make that vision. No one slinks away from a huge challenge, and sometimes you just don't get all the way there at the first go, end quote. Just thought that, I mean, there's nothing much to say about No Man's Sky. We've beaten it in the ground, but thought that was an interesting little epilogue. Waiting for them updates. Get them updates out. It's too late. I mean, that game's finished. They, they might as well stop. I mean, that, that's the way I really feel about like the well's poison. It's the, the no one's playing it. Like, well, if you can if you can look at the Steam numbers and garner that as PlayStation Four as well, no one is playing the game. So you're just wasting your time. That game will not live again. You know, like it's just it's just over. Like, and they really they I like the way Sean Lane puts it. I appreciate and respect the way Sean Lane puts it. But that's uh, that's a lot of spin. Oh well, um, yeah. To, to they don't Sony throw them Sony <laughs> PR and Sony marketing is complicit in that 100% and um, to put it any other way is ridiculous these people know games they played this game for years they must have known that it was not going to meet expectations and they were over promising and listening you know because I was if you as you remember when when all this happened I'm like oh wait a minute let's I'm skeptical that Sean Murray ever said this shit. I'm skeptical yeah, yeah. that he overpromised. And then Jim Sterling did that really great video. I'm like, oh, okay. Like it was very fair Compiled video. everything, yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is bullshit. And I don't know why you guys did this. I don't know why you let this happen. You know, it was a, out of all the games they could have acquired as a, as a de facto exclusive, that's the one. I'm like, all right. Um, so I just wonder where, similar to the second party conversation, what went wrong? Something yeah, is going wrong. Something is going wrong. In certain pillars, 
of this PlayStation like castle, especially you know? the the trophy pillar. Mm-hmm. We want to help there. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you agree? Like something's a little weird with some of the shit that's going on. Like there, well, for sure, something's weird. I don't. It's I. I think it's that maybe is something wrong. I don't know. They've had more more failures in the limelight, more stumbles in the limelight with the spotlight on them than they have in the past. And I don't know. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's because the knee jerk reaction for me and for you, somebody who cared about PlayStation followed and covered it for so long is, is it the return of the hubris of the PlayStation three era or that PS two to PS three era? Is that what it is? Or is it, yeah, somebody, we went off of this thing of what this game was supposed to be and threw all this behind it, and by the time we realized it wasn't going to be that way, but maybe with updates it could be, it was too late to throw it off. And then to jump through, like, yeah, like, you know, Sony San Diego is like, we're going to try all this free-to-play stuff, we're going to try putting these games out, you know, in these weird access things and see how they go from there. And they had said from the beginning that was an experiment, but the problem is that we're paying attention to those experiments so that when it does close up shop and they finally fucking put out kill strain and then kills or kill strain goes away pretty much immediately the people who worked on it go away immediately get laid off that's when it's like oh fuck well they learned but then what does that mean for john death now here john death is falling on its sword and like what does that mean and then it's and then okay well they were promoting tomorrow children forever what the fuck does that mean where there's so many parallels and lines to draw to it and then it's back to your argument of like there's just too much shit on the store there's too many games released because it now i don't have the uh, benefit to be able to like well yeah that's all been going wrong but what about this PSN game I've been playing recently that's doing really well that's doing amazing stuff you know what I mean mm-hmm. like what are we gonna hang our hat on Darkest Jun- Dungeon like this game that was on PC forever and now it's finally come here and doing well off of the, that's not the same thing as putting out an inside or you know and having inside be PlayStation first and we incubated and we did this and when it's the opposite it seems like where Xbox was banging the drum bite inside but PlayStation's a runaway platform so our contracts are not going to be like they were for Limbo inside's out a month and a half later right yeah I think I mean it, it, it is interesting it's it, it just seems like a, a mismanagement of sorts or a, a just bad decision making you know uh, Q games is a great example with, with it's like they come they go to you and they pitch the tomorrow children that's great guys that sounds interesting well maybe we'll see a prototype of that we want more pixel junk games because people fucking like them you know yeah and uh no no we don't get but that I mean, like, and here, then they go to david no, jaffe no, no, no. and instead of giving him a, a ton of money and being like you're david jaffe you know yeah and uh you deserve the ability to make a 60 dollar retail game because that's what you do maybe he didn't want to do that but i suspect that that, he probably would have yeah, yeah uh they 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 put him down a free to play hole. It just seems like you. It's like you get the right talent or the right something, and then you just kind of break it in half. And well, I'm I mean, like, okay, for the, for the Q games thing, I take issue with that of what you're saying because I think when we're talking about the callback to PlayStation Three era of what how the uh, digital ecosystem evolved, it was very much like, oh, cool, you're a trusted developer, you have an idea, make that game. Not we're gonna go businessy on you and keep making pixels and stuff. You want to make some weird ass whatever one off thing? Go ahead for it. And that, and that, I mean, that's not a great example, I guess. I was going to say that game company, but I mean, similar, right? Of like, here's three different games we're going to give you. There's no inter- interconnection. You go do it. But isn't it not weird to you that, and I guess it, it goes it goes all the way through. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's just like kind of a dearth of PlayStation 4 exclusives, like AAA exclusives. Yeah. Knack was bad. Killzone Shadowfall, I liked a lot, but a lot of people didn't. The Order 1886 wasn't a good game. Uh, Ratchet and Clank comes out to little fanfare. You know, it's better than almost anything. Until Dawn is awesome and they barely talk about it or promote it it's just like i'm like what are you guys doing like what like what is happening i i no one identified until dawn as a game like where i was like wait a minute this game's great sure let's put some commercials market it let's really sit closer to halloween let's like everyone i'll shit it out just shit out that game 
you know, and then let Supermassive go instead of being like, hey, guys, like the letting the go part is, yes, a mistake on their part. It's like what? the part before that in terms of marketing, I think, goes back to the fact of we, you know, we used to see PlayStation waste their money on marketing all the time, do stupid stuff with it. Right. And is this now what it is in, I guess, 2015 when that game comes out that. You don't need to worry about marketing that game because it is great. We're going to talk about it. Streamers are going to talk about it. Every Halloween, people are going to stream the shit out of that. Through Christmas, that was the game, you know what I mean? People were taking home and playing with their families and doing the different things and talking about it and tweeting about it. And I can't watch my mom's reaction to this. And da, 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 da. Like, Until Dawn was a success for them. It, it did. I don't know. I, I think it could have been cool to put out a commercial and try to sell it during an NBA game or whatever. But I think that that's such a shotgun approach to maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. With your dealing with your marketing budgets, you're doing dealing with the budget in general. You're, I think, maybe played that one right, whereas they played uh, No Man's Sky so wrong, and that thing got all out of control. It just, I just feel like there's. Um, I'm not trying to be like you know super negative about it. I just you're trying to be super. I think about that it? I think yeah, super mad. I think that there's just. I think everyone knows. I think PlayStation gamers feel it inside them. That's something deep inside them, like deep deep inside, deep, so balls deep inside them, so deep inside one of their holes, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, tell me more. About I just this. feel like I, I feel, I felt this kind of like in me, like where I'm like, not everything is running properly here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like another example is like the last guardian gravity rush to same day, release date. date. I'm yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. are you, what are you doing? Like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Like that, the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's yeah. like, there's these little things where I'm like, I'm, I'm not concerned because the PlayStation 4 is a great console. They have great developers, great leaders, you know, good minds. We know these people, they're smart. And I, I just wonder as the PS4 is now being outsold in the United States by Xbox one from three months in a row as you know, I was going to change that. Don't worry. We'll see. I, I think I I'm not being serious. I think like. I just think that like something I, you know, cause we want PlayStation to succeed. I want them all to succeed. Cause I think it's good for the market. I think it's good for gamers to see them all succeed. But I, wa- I also want to say like, you know, let's, let's, re- let's reflect in an honest way about we've had a good few years here yeah. as PlayStation fans, a really s- stunning few years, even at the end of the PS3 life cycle with the last of us and all that it was great. But now, well, no holiday games of any consequence. You got a question yeah. from Kyle. Anyway, over. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of funny.com slash PSQ. And he says, hey, guys, do you think worldwide studios he put in quotes is finally back to pumping out must play AAA games? Horizon days gone and the new God of War certainly look promising. I hope so. And that, but, the, you know, they're still not pumping them out. They're no, working they're on them. Certainly They've not. announced them. They're certainly not. People have up. been working on these games a long time, but they were working on them quietly before as well getting them out and getting a release schedule and hitting your dates. That's when it'll actually be like you're saying the machine is well oiled and it's producing the content it's supposed to be producing where it feels like we have had not a drought of games, but a drought of first party worldwide studios. Here are all the exclusives. This is why you own this machine. Right? Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say. This goes back. This is a great tie back to what we were saying about second party ecosystems, about sending games out to die, about not investing properly in marketing, about not identifying games early enough is that, why own a PlayStation 4 if all you're going to play on it is the same games that everyone else is playing? Like, there's something special in, about PlayStation, or always has been, about the exclusives. I'm not saying those exclusives don't exist. I like Killzone Shadowfall. I think it's actually a great game. I think people are really hard on it. I don't understand why. I really liked that game a lot. I think uh, Ratchet and Clank is phenomenal. Phenomenal. One of the best games of the really year. Good. Easily. Right? Uncharted 4 was awesome. Um, and we have a little smaller games like Rezogun and, and et cetera and so on. It's just that we gotta. We, they, they, there has to be more, and I understand that the the market speaks in terms of like they want to play Call of Duty, they want to play Battlefield, they want to play 
Mass Effect and all these games you can play on Xbox or on PC, and that's and that's great. But like, I'm just talking about the PlayStation exclusive ecosystem, the the the, the, eco, the second party ecosystem. When I feel, second party ecosystem especially is dwindling. It concerns me as a PlayStation gamer because I don't want them to move away from that. That was what made PS3 so special. There was a lot of PS3 games that were really fucking special that you had to download that were five or ten dollars. And uh, I look at the play. We're gonna look at the drop again. I look at this and I'm like, where? Like, why? My name is Mayo, man. You know. So I, I know. I, I don't know if this is gonna resonate with people. I mean, people get mad at me all the time for being negative, or whatever. But I think that we all feel it in some respect. You know, like at least I do. I don't. I can't speak for you, but I feel it. Like where I'm like. I mean, it's definitely. It, I mean, PlayStation's identity is definitely different now than it was for PlayStation Three. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? Is it me being in a different spot in my life? I'm not 100 percent sure. But I mean, when we talk about this, you know, we talk about the I, the mismanagement of drawn to death, kill strain, all those different things. I think that's part of an experiment. I think they noticed it was wrong. I give them credit for trying to change correct course correct. At, and maybe it is too late. Maybe it's not. I, I'm not one to say. I still think that drawn to death. You know, I'm not third person arena shooter guy, right? Drawn to death from what I've played. I'm like, well, I, I am interested in this. I'm not interested to go beta test it for you and see how the servers are working and get fucked over. You know what I mean? Like I want trophies. I want to play a full final game. So here's a full final game with a price tag on it. Great. Here's my money. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, the free to play stuff never was for me. Like I, it was on the one hand, I don't feel like we can say these experiments were the wrong way to go. I like seeing PlayStation experiment. I'm more worried. You don't hear more them talking about it more. And that's the whole thing is if they're going to make these experiments, whether it be this or whether it be Q games, whether, you know, I mean, you have to be committed to it until the end. You have to see it through the entire process. And they did that with kill strand and didn't work out fine. That's great. Drawn to death. Let's get it out and see what happens. But then, yeah, where are the next round of here's what's happening in the playstation eco indie system and what i feel like and, and it goes back to it is like just where's that that zeitgeist game where's that that downloadable game like tokyo jungle or or journey or something like that where it's like and that's why i was bringing up bound that's why i was bringing up the tomorrow children that's why i was bringing up uh kill strain and now it, that that game that that tenpole digital game sure you know um, yeah i mean i think that gives us a little something different to talk about but and think i know and i know we're saying that right now but remember we are in the thick of triple a season right like this year we did i mean you and i both got really into enter the gungeon for a while right but that's that's not an exclusive that's sure and i'm not, sure, I'm, not sure. and I'm not diminishing i'm not diminishing the the value of a non-exclusive game that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that we own a PS4 for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. Part of that reason is to play some exclusive content, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any shame in saying that. So it is. I, yeah. Ender the Gungeon was awesome. Ender the Gungeon is playable in other, in other places. It's it has nothing to do with Sony, but I mean, that's the whole thing too. I, so this is, this is a very nuanced argument. This is topic of the show, by the way, this is, okay. we, we obviously stumbled into this. Uh, it's a nuanced argument of what you're saying. So I guess then even the problem wouldn't be that, it's back to what I was saying, right? It's a different PlayStation. It's a different identity. It is a PlayStation, I guess, yeah, where it is. You, you own a PlayStation 4, and it's the best-selling console up until, you know, the last three months or whatever, year after year, month after month here, because of the fact that it just has the games you want to play. And also, those games are available somewhere else, but you don't want to go get them somewhere else. That's the thing, and that's the identity they've lost, where it was before. We were this banded together. It's the PlayStation 3 ecosystem. We are the underdogs. We all love PlayStation. Well, we finally got fucking trophies, and we have a Stardust. We have these amazing games that are just for us that nobody else gets, and now we don't. Right, and that's what made it so special. So that's what I'm saying is, like, I, I need them I need them to recalibrate a little bit. I think they know that internally. Like, what is important to your gamer? What is important to the player on PlayStation 4? What do they want? Um, well, the question I, they is, don't, do they, they understand that? Are they recalibrating to that? Or are they reading the tea leaves that it doesn't matter? That PlayStation continues to sell incredibly well. Sure, Xbox is beating it right now, but Xbox isn't beating it right now because 
they have these awesome indies. They are beating us right now because they just put out the Xbox S. Right. And so like that's the whole thing. So it could be. Maybe they maybe it will continue to be that worst case scenario people were worried about at E three where it's like, all right, cool, you know, Adam Boys is gone. Like that team's in a different place now. What does that mean? Where where what are the third party? They're gonna go get Spider Man, make a triple A exclusive that makes it, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of thing, but n- not necessarily have to worry about what you're getting day and date. You're gonna still get um gun uh, the downwell. I want to say gun boots. <laughs> you're going to get down well. But yeah, it's going to be after the fact. It's going to be late after this. You're going to get Darkest Dungeon. Sure, you could have played it somewhere else, but we know you don't care. You want to play it on your Vita. You want to play it on the, for trophies. Yeah. I, so, you know, I'm not trying to be too hard on them because, I mean, they do it. There is a, you know, it, it goes back to that other thing I was saying where there's just too many games on the console, too much crap, too much garbage, not enough curation, too much of the, you were talking about Spreadshot, man. I've never seen anything like the, what the PS4 is doing with the, how many games are published every week. Like, why? Let's let's focus on what makes it special and and fun and good um, and what and what draws us to it to begin with. Um, and I don't think that, you know, specifically uh, I, I when I look at the upcoming list of AAA games, I have no fucking issues with what's going on there. I mean, I, I think they all look awesome and I have I have high hopes for every single one of them um, in 2017 and 2018. All of them. Um, Exclusive AAA stuff? Yeah. You're talking about? Okay. Yeah. I'm, Don't get me wrong. Me there's too. nothing in there that I'm like, I have a major concern. Well, I mean, about that's, this. The, that's the interesting thing, you know. Uh, I just filed the kind of funny ballot for uh, Game Awards, right? We're nice enough to be one of the judges this year. Mm-hmm. And when I went through and added my stuff in there, like I left room for you and Tim to go in and put in so we could have conversations. And I knew certain things you guys would add that I'd want it back. But overall, I was just like, man, like I went through all my trophies. And I was like, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had fun this year with games, but I, I, I didn't see the uh, games that like last year I look back and I, I, you know, Metal Gear fucking emily's away like there were games that i was like oh my god this was so fucking incredible and this year i was like oh man like ratchet and clank is amazing yeah, great game really, really great game but i i'm not like i didn't feel like i had a giant list of those this year you know what i mean yeah anyway number 12 call of duty infinite warfare is struggling in sales at least in the uk infinite warfare has sold about 50 percent as well as black ops 3 did last year according yeah. to the gf key chart track as relayed by ign as the website notes the game doesn't have a last gen option but comparing current gen numbers to current gen numbers sees a drop off of 43.6 percent on its own but context is important because call of duty infinite warfare still has the second biggest selling launch of the year in the uk behind only fifa 17 and comfortably ahead of its arch rival battlefield one according to ign activision did acknowledge that it expects sales of this version to drop off from last year um, so uh, this ties in with something we'll talk about in a, a minute about GameStop. Ooh. Number 13, Take-Two Interactive has reported new sales numbers indicating that Grand Theft Auto V has now passed an absolutely insane, staggering 70 million copies sold since its launch in late 2013. Additionally, the publisher reported strong sales of NBA 2K17 and Mafia 3, both of which sit at 4.5 million copies shipped apiece. Mafia 3, which was published under the 2K Games moniker, was that imprint's fastest-selling game of all time, even with a weak critical response. Take-Two Strauss Zelnick said, quote, in terms of the review and scores of Mafia 3, yeah. it was sort of an odd anomaly. The scores were lower than we would have liked, but there were a lot of stellar reviews. I think the most prominent reviewers really loved it and recognized that we were doing what we're doing here from the story, art, character, and excitement perspective is really unmatched in the marketplace. So I think we and our competitors are seeing some anomalies in the review system, but we take them as they are and we don't argue with it. End quote. That's a very, very loaded statement for so multiple reasons. So if you see a positive review from Mafia 3, they're one of the most prominent voices inside of gaming. All right, so there's multiple reasons why. And we talked about this on Colin and Greg a little bit, but this is a very... I can't believe he actually said this. Lay it on me. Strauss Zelnick said this again. In terms of reviews and scores, it was sort of an odd anomaly. The scores were lower than we would have liked. So first of all, we get for people that don't know, AAA publishers and A publishers and indies mock review their games. They, they pay yeah. people to review their games. They pay them a lot of money to sit there and write a real review. And then um, 
famously, uh, you know, I heard uh, The Last of Us, for instance, uh, mock review was well below what the game actually scored. So they're not always right. Um, and it, clearly their mock reviews of Mafia 3 are higher. That's what I read from that. But it gets more interesting than that. The scores were lower than we would have liked, but there were a lot of stellar reviews. And then he says, I think the most prominent reviewers really loved it. So that's a really interesting one. So now he's taking shots at reviewers, which is strange. Like the prominent reviewers, actually a n- almost no prominent reviewer I know actually liked it. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and recognize what we're doing here from this. And, th- and this is another one. He, they recognize what we're doing here from the story, art, character, and excitement perspective. What is missing here? Gameplay. Huh. That's interesting. Um, so This yeah. is the shit that drives me crazy when we don't like a game and people are like, well, you got to give it credit for that. And I'm like, no, I'm getting like that. I'll give it credit. Good job doing that. It doesn't mean it gets points. It doesn't mean it gets a pass. It doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and be like, the gameplay was super fucking boring driving down to the bayou and back and forth and all this shit. But fucking really boring. And that. So he leaves gameplay out of the video game, which is fine. There's some games that are, don't have gameplay and they're fun, but not Mafia 3, not an open world game. Uh, and we and the story arc char- and the characters were people loved that. But he says, so I think we and our competitors are seeing some anomalies in the review system, but we take them as they are and we don't argue with it. That's a really interesting sentence, too. He's referencing Bethesda here, I think. And... Mm. Um, I, I can't think of a, st- a statement someone said in the gaming industry more loaded with context and subtext than I have ever, ever. I, I, there's so much subtext in here. It's not even funny. Every fucking word is brimming with subtext. <laughs> he says thousands of words with this, se- with this sentence. Here are the things that we take away from it. Game mock reviewed higher. This is my, my take on it. Game mock reviewed higher. Um, we argue that people that reviewed the game and didn't like it don't understand the game. Uh, we think that the game is great, even though it's not fun to play, and we we recognize that it's not fun to play because we don't bring up gameplay. Yes, yeah. we didn't uh, even try to we didn't try to defend it. Um, and uh, our competitors are also not liking reviews, but we don't argue about it. A lot, lot, there's a lot in there, man. I, when I saw that, I was like, wow. Like I'm surprised. Like no news outlet really like. If I was at, at IGN, so I would have wrote a huge op-ed about that. That's that statement. I don't think he's wrong. I'm just saying that. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that he's he's uh. He's taking shots. There's quietly. a lot of there's a lot in there, man. In that in that you know fifty words, or whatever. Yeah. Number fourteen. EA has confirmed that Star Wars Battlefront Two is coming in the fall of 2017, Ooh. saying in a financial call that the game will launch quote a year from now end quote, and that the studio is quote working very hard on making sure that it is an extremely deep and engaging offering end quote. The original Battlefront sold around 14 million copies, making Battlefront Two a massive game for EA, and we'll be looking forward to that hopefully with campaign in tow mm. for John Boyega. Number 15, according to GameStop in a conversation with Games Industry International, a host of October releases underperformed to retail. The company's CEO, Paul Raines, told the website, quote, our expectation was that the new titles released in October would provide a catalyst for new software sales. But despite gaining share, the titles under- underperformed our forecasted sales. While the technology brands and collectible segments continue to go rapidly, they will not offset the decline in gaming this quarter, end quote. We'll have to wait and see how if things rebound, especially with the new consoles iterations coming up, as well as Nintendo's new console and a slew of new games across 2017. This to me says, uh, so I really feel like games are selling fine. I, I really feel like they're not selling fine at GameStop. Like mm. what I'd be interested to see is the digital sales. I just wish these guys were more transparent with numbers. Everyone. Um, that's how we have the UK anecdotal Call of Duty sales and the Titanfall 2 stuff beforehand about how it just fell off a fucking cliff compared to Titanfall 1. Yeah. Um, we just don't have context. So these are just statements and words, but I just don't believe that certain games that came out in October didn't sell well. Like Battlefront, Battlefront or Battlefield 1, I'm sure, sold very well. Sure. So I don't know exactly what their expectations are. And it's interesting that they're getting more into the, like it says, technology brands and collectible segments, and they're not. Uh, GameStop's in a lot of trouble. 
I mean, like, it's it's. Would the argument here be what we were talking about earlier, though, that it, like it's just not exciting? Ba- Battle Battlefield One, Call of Duty, Titan. These are all things you expect. These are what you'd want, right? There, where are the breakout uh, next? You're talking about how we're excited about next year so much because it is the return of here's Horizon, here's God of War, here's these ga- here's more things we like hope God Uncharted. Of War's yeah, yeah, here's yeah, even Gears, right? They're like, well, Gears is a known quantity. We know what. Yeah, that's Gears going apparently to do. sold soft. Yeah, the I, I just don't know what gamers are looking for anymore. Like, you're an Xbox fan, you don't want Gears? Like, I, mm. I just don't. I, I I'm confused by it. First of all, Gears Four was awesome. We played it. The but again, it's it's not. Ex- I'm being devil's advocate to an extent. It's not exciting. It's a known quantity. I know what Gears is going to be, and maybe that's the thing where, again, where, you know, it's weird to be in the position we're in, I feel like, and I mean as adults, not in in our career as people, in the fact of, like, you played Mafia. Our friends all played Mafia because they're all reviewers, and I read those reviews and watched you play a little bit. I'm like, I don't need to play Mafia anymore, right? You know, like I and like Gears is the same way where it's like Gears was fun for that night playing with you, right? But like, I don't need to go back to Gears. Like, I'm sure there's p- gamers out there who are the same way who own one of these consoles, see the games come out that have a three or a four after them, and they're like, and eh, what is it? Uh, it's not setting the world on fire. It's not doing anything new. What do I care? Yeah. And that's the thing with Call of Duty, right? Call of Duty apparently selling worse than last year. It's because again, it's just like, eh, it's just another Call of Duty. They're in space. That's fine, but whatever. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. We just missed so much context with no numbers. It's annoying. Finally, number 16. There is no wrap-up this week, so this is the last oh story. There's just God. no game announcements. If you're looking forward to playing Gran Turismo Sport entirely in PlayStation VR, temper your excitement. Fuck! The head of Sony-owned studio Polyphony Digital, Kazunori Yamauchi, told Eurogamer that PSVR, quote, will be one part of the game, end quote, but not the entire thing. Quote, one thing we discovered in developing and doing the VR to do the whole game playable in VR is going to be a strain on the players. You can see in the demo downstairs there'll be a VR tour mode that'll be included in the game that showcases the VR effects. End quote. Gran Turismo Sport is due out on PlayStation 4 in 2017. I thought this was interesting too. It's a strain on the player. It sounds like it's going to be a strain on your studio to make it all in the VR. And I think that's why you did, that's why you didn't do it. I don't necessarily blame them, but I think that's an interesting. That was an interesting way of putting it. It's, playing the whole game in VR is going to be a strain on the players. I think there's probably plenty of people that would love to play yeah, Gran Turismo we'll entirely in VR. A lot of people right now think they're going to want to play all of Resident Evil 7 in VR. When you're puking out your fucking face and your holes and everything's dying, you'll see what you think. You want to die out your ear holes, Colin? sometimes I just want to die period <laughs> <laughs> damn that was dark um, yeah I, I always thought, I thought that was weird like uh, I just wish that these guys said things that made more sense the, the you want, old you Gran want... Turismo is going to be playing VR that's going to be a strand of player that might be true but that's a weird thing to say there are probably a significant portion of people looking forward to that game that want to play it in PSVR just say so you don't have time like we got to get the game out we don't want to do it in VR <laughs> like it's not a priority. And we don't want you puking out your face holes. Yeah. Colin. Yes. I don't give a flying fuck about GT Sport, but a lot of people do. Me neither. However, it's so far away in 2017. If people wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops, both digital and retail, where would they go? You go to the upcoming list of PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation VR, and sometimes PSB software by the kind of funny co-founders. All right, let's see here. We'll bring these things up real quick. Okay. Uh, here are the games that are coming out this week. Cartoon Network Battle Crashers comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. Use each character's unique attacks and special moves to conquer the elements. Fight your way through all the levels and beat some brutal boss battles. Replay maps with special modifiers to switch up the fun and unlock bonus rooms along the way. Okay. Dishonored 2 comes out on PlayStation 4 digital and retail. This is out on Friday. I was going to say. Reprise your role as a supernatural assassin in Dishonored 2, the next chapter in the award-winning Dishonored saga by Arcane Studios. Play your way in a world where uh, play your way in a world where mysticism and industry collide. Will you choose to play as Empress Emily Caldwin or the Royal Protector Corvo Watano? Take back what's yours. I find it hard to believe that's out this week. 
I mean, I know it is. But and this is I know somebody wrote in I think two weeks ago about why aren't we talking about Dishonored and we're just not we're not that big I of fans. I keep looking at Dishonored on my shelf, the original, and I'm like, meh. But it's like I and I saw commercials during football and stuff or sporting events. Yeah, people in didn't general. like the commercial. I don't think. Oh, it was during a World Series. That's it. Mm. Um, I didn't realize it was this close, which is a bad sign. Yeah, I should I should know that kind of thing, seeing as how my job is to talk about video games. But I didn't realize it was this week because whatever. Agreed. I know Watch Dogs next week. I'm, I'll be interested to see how Dishonored two is. Yeah. Eagle Flight comes to PSVR <laughs> digital, digital and retail. Developed exclusively for VR, Eagle Flight sends you to the skies of Paris to experience the freedom of flying like oui, never before. Oui. 50 years after humans vanished from the face of the earth, nature has oh. reclaimed the city of Paris, leaving a breathtaking playground. You think there'll be some baguettes for us to pick up? I hope so. Un pomme de terre. Croque, monsieur. <laughs> Handball 17 comes to PS4 and PS3 digital. It's out the 11th of Friday. Handball 17 features entirely redesigned controls, dynamic artificial intelligence, single player season and career modes, local and online multiplayer modes, and several levels of difficulty for an experience that is as close as it gets to the real thing. Yeah. Marvel Pinball Epic Collection Volume 1 comes to PS4 retail. From the Pinball Wizards at Zen Studios comes Marvel Pinball Epic Collection Volume 1, a thrilling collection that bundles together 10 classic Marvel pinball tables based on some of the greatest heroes and storylines in the Marvel Universe. That's another one, right? Man, remember how pe- people used to get so excited for Zen Pinballs? And I was just like, all right, we get it. It's more pinball. And then that other pinball game came out that was like realistic and yeah. they were like competing with each other. Yeah. That was a good Vita game. Played that at the DMV once. Pinball Arcade? Arcade, yeah. My Name is Mayo comes to PlayStation <laughs> 4 and PlayStation Vita digital cross-buy. If you're looking for a next-generation gameplay experience in an engrossing open-world environment, well, this is not that game. This is the touching story about a mayo jar. This is a clicking adventure that stimulates that simulates the real life tapping of a mayo jar. You will unveil its story and maybe you will learn from it. You're excited? That's a really great mayo. that's a really great write up. Are you going to get the two platinums for this one? Well, I don't I don't know. I'm going to play it. I don't know if I'm going to get two platinums for it. We'll see. Robinson the Journey comes to Ooh, PlayStation VR, you. digital and retail. When the Esmeralda crashes on Tyson 3, a boy named Robin is left stranded. He must rely on his wits and Higgs, an AI companion from the ship, to survive. As he searches for the lost crew and comes face to face with dinosaurs, Robin discovers that Tyson 3 is not the paradise once promised. Dun, dun, dun. That game looks really fun. Yeah, that's looked great since we saw that debut trailer. I've been looking forward to it. I can't believe it's another one's here already, but exciting reason to dust off your PlayStation VR if you haven't used it in a Indeed. while. Root Letter comes to PlayStation 4 and PS Vita, digital and retail, out the 10th. That's the Thursday release. Root Letter is the first in a brand new Katakawa game mystery series, a collection of visual novels with exceptionally high production values. Set in Shinmei Prefecture, a place rich in history, culture, and natural beauty, Root Letter revolves around the mystery of Fumino Aya, your old high school pen friend, uh, pen friend I think you your pen, pen pal, friend, who, met mis- who went missing 15 years ago. Sounds interesting. Kevin's my Pen 15 club friend. Oh, I love Pen 15. Small Radio's Big Televisions comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Descend into abandoned factories in search of lost cassette tapes that hold boundless virtual worlds. Explore, manipulate, and distort the tapes to make them reveal their secrets. Solve mechanical puzzles and map the winding halls of these empty monoliths. Will you be able to find the way out? Probably not. And finally, Sword Art Online Hollow Realization comes to PlayStation 4, digital, and retail. Link's start into Sword Art Online Hollow Realization, an exciting new action RPG written under the watchful supervision of Sword Art Online creator Ricky Kawahara. Kirito receives a single mysterious message, a cryptic, I am back to Encrad and is drawn once again into a familiar world in which he was once trapped. That's it. That's it. Those are the games. What's your pick of the week? Gotta be Robinson. Yeah. Do you think it's going to pan out? I'm worried about it because Eagle Flight did really well too in terms of people enjoying that one coming out. Uh, Dishonored is going to be it for a lot of people. I think My Name is Mayo if it's an hour long platinum is pretty fucking... We'll get into the trophies on that uh, uh, shortly because who knows how long it's actually going to take. I haven't played it. I mean, this guy says... I mean, you're telling me I can't trust Kyle? I'm saying that you can't trust anyone. Oh my God, even you? What about Kevin? 
What about him? Can I trust Although Kevin? you wished him away. No, but he's right there, so he can never leave me. I love you, Kevin. He gave me a thumbs up. Colin? Yes. What's happening in Trophy Time? Talk to me about Trophy Time. Uh, let's but start. First. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to do something I've never done on PSI Love You XOXO. I got to pee. Really? This has been an hour and a half. This is usually the full length of a show. We've just been having such a great show, but I've been drinking so much fluid today, I guess. So I'm going to pee. All right. We'll do you see want Kevin to vamp with you? No, let's just cut this out. No, we'll say we'll cut it out, but you won't do it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note, but fuck you to see if I actually do it. Oh, God. I'm going to read while you're gone. I peed. Colin. Yes. Trophies. Let's start with uh, uh, My Name is Mayo. Yeah, let's do it. 46 bronze trophies, zero silver trophies, four gold trophies, and a platinum. Mm, so, is this really? All right. So, there are a bunch of bronze trophies. Hit. You can see the hits. Hit the Mayo five times. Hit 20 times. Hit 50 times. 200 times. 350 times. 500 times. 550 times. 700 times. 1,500 times. 3,000 times, 5,000 times, 8,000 times, 10,000 times. So those are a bunch of the trophies. Damn. Unlock all the rewards is a gold trophy. Uh, wow, this is a joke. So this will cheer you up. Hit Mayo 75 times. Wear the bikini. Hit this 50 times. Ooh. Keep wearing the leopard. Hit this 500 or 100 times. Tap it wild and free. There's a bunch of these. So you just have to hit the Mayo jar? Apparently. Jesus Christ. All right. I don't really get it. Dishonor 2. 38 bronze, 10 silver, 2 gold, and a platinum. I was looking at these trophies because I remember one of the things about Dishonor that I thought was like crazy was that you had to get through the game without being seen. Mm. There's one of those in this of one Of course as well. there is. So there's a bunch of story-related ones here. Um, but then the biggest one uh, that I thought was interesting was complete the game without killing anyone as a gold trophy. Um and then complete the game in high chaos, complete the game in low chaos, finish the game with Emily, finish the game with Corvo. So it's going to have to beat the game at least twice. Complete the game without any supernatural powers, finish the game without being spotted. This is a hard trophy list. Sure. Um, and uh, maybe too hard, but this is more towards the end in which I like it as opposed to these easy ass plot. Because Erin brought up a good point. She's new, right, to the trophies, to PlayStation. And she's like, but why does it not mean anything if a gold trophy in this game is easy and a gold trophy like they're the same thing and I'm like that's true I can't explain it that's just the, the that's just what we that's how we exist um, there's no like arbiter being like this is too hard for a gold trophy or whatever but as we said the trophy department of PlayStation not doing their job I agree Cartoon Network Battle Crashers uh, has uh, no platinum 11 bronze 2 silver and a gold okay which is shocking um, this one basically says that you have one for a visit all the rooms in the bonus rooms defeat the final boss you get a gold trophy um, there seems to be some character related ones um, as well and then finally Robinson the journey Ooh. 12 bronze sil uh, 13 silver 5 gold and a platinum um, so you get trophies for finding and scanning uh, construction units science units etc and so on um, it's basically a lot of like discovery building finding are basically all of the kinds of things in here. Okay. So locate something, build something, scan something, reveal something, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. Okay. I hope this game's good. I hope this pans out. Me too. Um, and uh, that's it for trophies. There's not too much else of interest to going up this week. Well, don't think you're off the oh, trophy hook yet. Okay, by the way, I'm sorry. Call of Duty. We talked about Infinite Warfare last year, last yeah. week, and I was like, I don't understand what these specific trophies are all about at the bottom of the list. They're for zombie, uh, zombie mode. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever they're going to call it. Does that make you excited or not excited? I like zombie mode, so yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, Super Cerberus wrote in just like you can to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey, Grawlin. 
I've got a quick question that you guys can talk and toss into trophy time. A new update for the Xbox One added a small but sweet detail. Ultra rare achievements now trigger a more dramatic sound and appear with a new diamond icon. So you know that you earned something extra special. Would you guys like to see this feature? Or a feature such as this be implemented on PlayStation 4 to make those platinums or other trophies more satisfying. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it is. I, I'm fine with I'm fine with the ping uh, as it is. The one thing that confuses me, Greg, and we've talked about this in the past, is the screenshot shit. Where take a screen? Yeah, this loading screen is really gr- great. Terrible. Open a treasure chest. Just a just a shop of treasure. I'm like, why is this a good idea? It, it would be like a good idea if somehow it was it, it took screenshot and this would be impossible. Obviously, screenshots for like the last. 30 seconds like around where it wants to take it because yeah it's always just you standing there looking at something loading screens just nothing just a, don't, i just don't get it a grenade explosion it's yeah. like eh, whatever yeah so, one, i would say one out of every 30 is like okay that's a cool screenshot but otherwise yeah why the why the hell are you doing this i think it's a cool idea i'm i'm not a big i mean i think the trophy pops always been something that could be improved on i think the newest update didn't do much for it. I don't like it being on the white. It gives you less information now. It feels like too. It's like, yeah, what the hell's going on? It is cool that you can see by going into the trophy and pressing square. Now you can see the hidden trophies, uh, which is pretty neat, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it as it is. I'm not doing it for the, the fucking spectacle of the pop. I'm doing it because I like, I just like it. Sure. But I like the little thing of like, Hey, like, I, I, not even so much as like, I don't need a special pop for the platinum. I think it'd be cool if it was showing you an extra special trophy. So like when we talk about rarity and you go, you know, PSN profiles, you see what's your most rare trophy, how this all happens. It'd be cool if something popped up and it was like, Hey, heads up. You just got a trophy that is ultra rare that only, you know, 0.1% of the playing population has actually gotten. Right. Cause I do like that stat. I love that when you pop in. There. Yeah, it's cool. PSN profiles. What we realized about PSM profiles for as much as I love that site is that their statistics are totally wrong. Sure. Um, because they're only looking at their own player base of people that have manually put their name into ingest into yeah. the system. The the trophies are always way rare, way, 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 way rare on the PSM. Um, and I always like looking at uh, the, the the trophy that you have to get in the game um, and seeing how many people never even got to that point. So right. like 97.4%. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when you see like you, uh, when you're playing a story based game mm. and you can see when people started dropping off and just like, no, we it's don't good, have anything. It's good do. information. Yeah, it's be- like that's the thing is most people, people bust our ball sometimes for not finishing games. We finish games when we can and we finish a lot more games than the normal person, I'm, I assume. But um, it's not at all uncommon. I mean, we're talking about like 10% of people are really finishing the games they buy. So it's just people just drop out. They have other things to do. But it's interesting to see that with statistics. Anth Anonymous wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, greetings, Miller and Moriarty. At the time of writing, there were about 100 mods for Skyrim Special Edition on PlayStation 4. Regardless of the whole controversy involving Bethesda and Sony with the availability of the mods on the PlayStation 4, there's something else I want to pick your brains about. Mods on Skyrim PS4 disable all trophies. Part of me is upset because I want my trophies, but I understand why. I've never used mods on games, but I would like to see what the fuss is all about. How does this play into the way the industry is going? E.g. PS4 Pro, Scorpio, iterative consoles between generations. Do you think console mods will be a thing in the future and how would trophies be affected? Spanks guys, he says, which I'm not a big fan of. P.S. I love you, but don't tell my fiance. I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, I, I think that sucks. You know, I had invested. I haven't looked into it. Obviously, I'm done with Fallout. Uh, the DLCs, no bueno. Didn't have a fun time jumping back into. Really, it. The, even the the one where you go to Maine. Yeah, no, no. I put all that in there, and I was just like, I don't. Know. It, I, we talked about this on the show, I think, where I, was, I just jumped in, and it's been so long. I'm so disconnected from that character. All of the like the you know the role playing aspect is so removed now, where it's like, all right, well, I got 
I have the platinum and there's no like I don't care who I'm who did I side with what did I do why did I do it the game it's hard to jump back in yeah exactly and the, I think it's that thing where the game was like as much as I, I you know I had a great time with Fallout 4 don't get me wrong but it's like we talked about where Fallout 4 is special edition Fallout 3 which isn't bad you know it's, but it's again not exciting mm-hmm. and so I'm no longer invested in I, I don't sit here and tell you like oh man I debated this decision how did I do this but I was like now, I remember running around. I had some cool outfits. Taylor Swift looked funny. I fucking hated yeah, the fucking community building trophy and trying to get my happiness. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, when I jump back and I'm like, all oh, right, and I was with the railroad because of X, Y, and Z, and da 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 da. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, as far as the mods are concerned, I, I really am a firm believer, and I think we're going to find out with Pro, with Scorpio, with uh, some mod support. I really do feel like this is kind of all of this goes against what console gaming is all about mm. um, simplicity, static experiences. I don't mean static in a. In a, in a pejorative way i mean it's a static experience but the game works on all of our consoles it has the same content um all that kind of stuff i just don't think that people play console games to, for for deep customization otherwise you play on pc so my assumption is that that mod support's not gonna be all that important to either of those games but um on I they're very important on pc i'm saying on con on console you're not, i don't think you're gonna see this light of fire where all of a sudden everybody needs uh the, what they want right they need to have all these different things they need to get mods they need to get out the door they no, it's not gonna happen that's not what we play these games for yeah so i i will see we have some good data it seemed like uh bethesda had to jump through some hoops to get it on ps4 in particular i just don't know if that's necessarily even worth it for them to do yeah um i just don't think uh, people have never been like i wish i can mod this on con i just I appreciate people what they're trying to say that, but I don't think yeah, they actually no, care. They're, they're, people they're, say a lot of things. People say they use the optical port on PS3 on PS4 and then they got rid of it. <laughs> true. 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 So clearly people weren't using it. I got a dear shoe. Hey, for you, Colin. Okay. Uh, this one came, of course, to kind of funny.com slash PSQ, where you can ask your question or in this case, leave a message for Shuhei Yoshida or whoever from PlayStation listens and see if you want something changed. Hi, Colin and Greg. My name's 007. I have a dear Shuhei request. While I browse the PS store, I usually add games to my wish list because I'm interested and not ready to buy. Now, sometimes these games go on sale and I completely forget they're on my wish list. This happened to me with the order 1886. I didn't want to pay full price, but when it was on sale for $7 and I would have been all over that, I missed it. The only I only heard about it from watching your show the following week. Do you think Sony should could set up a service where you can get an alert or maybe an email when one of your games on the wish list goes on sale? Thanks for all the great content. Uh, they could. They sh- I mean, okay, they, they could. won't. They won't because they have a million other fucking things on fire over there that they need to worry about. This is not one of them at all. And also, from a business perspective, I'm sure they don't want you doing that at all. Uh, they, they're not going to give you a tool to be like, hey... Instead of buying the game right now for X amount of money and giving us X percent of the money, we're going to give you a chance to wait for it to go on sale and like totally, totally encourage you to do that. No. Very pro-consumer, but uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense from a business perspective. I agree. Yeah. So no. Nice idea, though. Man, it's a nice idea. Man, Kyle, we've been going a while. Let's do, let's do some hot issue reader mail, though, right? Okay. As always, I want to sh- give a shout out to Jericho over on kindoffunnyforums.com, who goes through and organizes these questions and makes sure, sure the thread goes up and puts up everything about the show and does all these awesome things. And then he cries. Does he cry? I heard he cries. Wraps himself up in a blanket at night in the fetal position and just cries until the next episode comes out. Huh. All right. Good to know. I did not know that about that. We should. You should probably get some help. You should probably get some research and you know talk to just people. Just cries and cries. And Jericho, don't cry so much. I know you're in Germany cries. over there, but it's okay. You'll get back to us one day in the United States of America, the best country Nine. in the world. Let's see how this no. election is going to go That's today. No. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, Bioshocking the world. Wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, what's up, guys? I have a question about The Walking Dead Season 3, a.k.a. New Frontier, no. or whatever the fuck. 
My question is simple. Where is it? The game is set to release in fall 2016, and the developers said it would release sometime in November. I haven't heard anything about it since E3, so do you guys think it will be pushed to 2017? Thanks, you guys, for everything you do. P.S. I will always love you, even Kevin, by shocking the world. Um... I don't remember them saying the November part. I remember 2016 for sure. Uh, This is totally, I still think you're going to get episode one in 2016. That's telltale style that they won't talk about the game until it's a week before they release it. Just like you pay attention to the Batman episodes. It's the same thing, right? We'll drop a trailer and then it'll be out the next week or the week and a half. So it'll be the same thing here where when they're finally ready to ramp up and be like, yep, Walking Dead is still happening. Here's episode one. I think you'll get episode one before the end of the year but walking i would think that is happening walking dead is happening but at this point i'd imagine you're gonna get it in december rather than here colin hmm. would you like some completely untested app advice i, I suppose my cool wrote in kind of funny.com slash psq and says hi greg and colin I keep hearing in recent shows how you are both iPhone users, and why shouldn't the coolest dudes in video games use superior phones? Well, I feel it's my duty to share with you and all of our best friends some must-have iPhone apps that every PlayStation enthusiast should know about. They might not, they might be available on Android, but who even cares? I agree. Number one, Ya PSN app. That's Y A PSN app. A great app for tracking your trophies and your fellow best friends with guides to assist you in your hunting. The second one he puts up is PSD. Awesome app to see what the latest deals in the PlayStation Store are with the functionality that you can set up a wish list with notifications when a game goes on sale. The Heath says the Plus version has no ads. Both apps are beautiful and, I'm sorry, both apps have beautiful design worthy of the iPhone. Let me know what you think and enjoy. Well, uh, my cool, I read this about two hours ago when I put it in there. So I haven't tested those apps, but they sound cool. Especially the one about the wish list thing, which actually answers something we already talked about on the show. So, jump into that, ladies and gentlemen. Get excited about that. How about some more help? Today, the best friends are just helping each other out. Mako Soldier writes in and says, Hey guys, I'd like to shed some light on some information regarding the PSN that the community should know before they buy a pro or even a second, second, a second standard PS4. For those of us who already have embraced the digital future, PSN has huge restrictions on how it handles a second console. Currently, you can link your account to a PS4 as a primary console, and everyone who signs into that system, such as your family, can play your games. However, on a second console that you sign into, only you can play the games you own, unlike PlayStation 3. So in a household with two PS4s of any type, your primary would have to be the family console and your secondary PS4 would have to be only used by yourself. However, this effectively locks you out of your automatic cloud saves, remote downloading of other games via PSN app or the web, and remote play since those can only be done with your primary. Prepare to do everything manually on the non-primary PS4. Please, Shuhei, let us have two primary PS4s. Make a soldier. That'd be really nice. That's not going to happen because of the, the whole point. Rampant fucking abuse of the PS3 system. Remember when you're all game trading nonstop? Yeah, five, I think you could have five primary PS3s. I wish I could have two primary PS4s. Yeah. Um, but I understand completely why they. I mean, if I was them, I would I would have locked that on a PS3 a long time ago, and I yeah. would have definitely not made PS4 with it's it. It's a so. great thing. It's one of those things. I always forget the weird shit you and I run into and like the industry at large run into with having multiple PlayStation 4s in a way nobody else does. Where it is that thing of like, fuck, wait, did that. I have to, I'm in my bedroom, so I have to automatically upload it, but if I play in the living room on my primary PS4, that goes up, and if I bring a thing here, and da da da, and then which which save is my real save, but what do I want to upload, how do I want to do that, and then yeah, the the fact of, if you, even if you only have one PS4, 
and you haven't run any problems with it, make sure you go in and identify that as your primary system. Because if you remember a while back when the PSN went down, a couple of our friends were online being like, I'm locked out on my games. What the fuck? And like most of the responses were like, well, you got to activate it. This is my only PS4. You actually have to go in and say this is your primary mm-hmm. PS4 to be able to play your downloaded games on that hard drive without, you know, without having connection. an internet connection. Yeah, without the always online stuff. Indeed. So little things to do. Colin, would you like to talk or hear a question based around alienation? It is not about alienation. Sure. Download a digital copy or <laughs> PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. Oh, Jesus, no. Alienation's fine. I can't talk about that game anymore. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Kyle writes in and says, Hey guys, hope this finds you well. Recently, I've been playing a lot of Alienation, and I can't help feeling like Colin wrote off this game too soon. It has all the polish and gameplay perfection that Colin praises out of other housemark games, with gorgeous explosions of color, fantastic leaderboards, and recently added leagues that encourage continual play. I typically trust Colin's judgment, but I feel like this game deserves another chance to win his esteem. I guess this leads me to my main question. Has there ever been a game you simply couldn't get into, even though you knew the game was a great game? Thanks for all you do, Kyle. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. I think we've talked about that a lot. I don't want to I don't want to uh, fucking thread on the forums about how we keep answering the same oh, fucking questions left and right. Oh, the free podcast is yeah. too, too good. <laughs> it's too fucking good. We're answering too many of our questions. We're fucking around. Don't get all pissy. Man. Look at Kevin. Um, look at Kevin. He's about to die. Look at him. Kevin, are you dying? He's shaking his head. Yeah, he's dying. He's dying. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's always the Half-Life games I go back to where I'm just like, I don't, I think these games are good, but I understand everybody else says they're amazing. So I'm wrong, whatever, but fine. Have it your way. Yeah, Grim Fandango, all the adventure games are those kinds oh, of games. Oh, yeah, you, that's another um, good one, too. Portal and Portal 2. I was like, ugh. But, oh, but I know but I know that people really love them. I'm not, they're just not for me. Sure. Uh, it's funny because Alienation is on that short list in my mind of games where I'm like, you know, what are we talking about? Like when things free up post yeah. Final Fantasy 15, I guess. Well, well, I do, and and the uh, that's one of those games where I'm like, I really should probably go back. You're not going to though, because you'll delete your save again. You still have the hundred friends. They ever patched that? Who the hell knows? Probably not. You want to roll the dice? Housemark patches those things. There are other companies like you know Ubisoft, for instance, they'll patch their digital games. Like, yeah. you know, but I don't know if they ever did for Alienation. I don't know. I'll have to look at the notes. All right. Okay. I'll reach out to my friends at Housemark and inquire directly. How's that for you? I'd like that. I would appreciate that. But yeah, I think they would email me because I was the one walking them through it and the problems. And they were just like, oh, no, they don't like you. Well, I know they don't like me. I'm where I'm the guy who breaks all their games and then bitches about it online. Mm-hmm. You just look past and you're like, best fucking other. They should buy these guys. Why haven't they bought them? That's you. Yeah, I mean, pretty That's much. Housemark's dick. Yeah, First, it started as your dick. Then <laughs> it became Housemark's dick. They told me whenever I'm in Finland, I can stay. I can hang out at their office whenever I want to do work. And I'm like, I'm. You're like, I'm not going to do any look. fucking work if I come through. <laughs> it's, it's dark at 1230 in the afternoon in Finland, so I'll probably have a lot to work to do. Thank you for the offer. Appreciate you guys. Call That's f- what the sticker is on my laptop, by the way. A lot of people ask what the mystery fifth sticker is. It's how, right there. It's House Marks logo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Greg? Unbiased, though, huh? Gamergate. Uh, <laughs> final question. Tobias. <laughs> you have Housemark to. bought you off. <laughs> With this sticker and the games you always talk about how they keep releasing broken. Journalist. Uh, we've talked a little bit about PSX at the beginning of the show. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, PSX is coming up. We'll be there Sunday at noon. That is December 4th with PS I Love You XOXO. And remember, I pimp the game. Hartforth Alicia, you should go see because it sounds interesting. Uh, if you are a developer who has a game at PSX, please make sure you keep hitting us up, letting us know about other games so we can tell people to go see them. But what I want to do here is talk to Nick. Nick wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey, Greg and Colin, I'm Nick. Last episode, you asked what guests we thought you should invite for PSX. Because remember, I wanted to have some people on the panel. We had Shuhei before, we've had Clements before, we've had Sid before, we had that Geo Corsi before. Who would you guys like to see? Surprisingly, only Nick reached out. 
At least on the forums. I looked through the comments. Didn't see anything there. Didn't see any tweets either. Bunch of lazy assholes. You're all fucking slacking. What guests do you thought we should invite for PSX? Although not directly PlayStation related, Michael Condry has been someone who I've admired for a long time. I think it'd be awesome if he was there to give his insight on the show. Thanks a heap for all the incredible and amazing stuff you do. Nick from London. P.S. I love you. XO. It's not necessarily PlayStation related, but it's but it's That's good. the thing. Condry, of course, Sledgehammer Games. Yep. Working on the Call of Duty stuff now. Had worked on Dead Space. Uh, great dude. F- friend of the show. Friend, friend of uh, kind of funny in general. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if he'll be at PSX, but he's a good pick. And since that's the short list, I now. doubt he'll be at PSX. Be, that's the short list now. Do we want to have Sledgehammer's Michael Condry on there? We're open to more suggestions. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I would actually love Jaffe. Yeah, David Jaffe listens to this show. Yeah, he does. David Jaffe, he'll be there. I'm sure he'll be there. Are you a fucking coward, Jaffe? Do you want to finally? Don't say that. Bring that fucking sweet ass. To the PSX PlayStation, I love you show. Remember when Jaffe wouldn't say Beyond? Yeah, that was when, and then he, he and then he he apologized. For I don't that. know. That was the best. Though. That was so he's awesome. A man. He is a man, but is he a man enough to come on this show live? I'd love that at PSX. We love can really you. pick his brand. I mean, that's why I love I love guys like David Jaffe, uh, Cliffy B. These these OGs that yeah, you just pick their brain about almost anything. We don't even have to talk about Drawn to Death. Um, he might not want to talk about that game anyway. Like he might want to talk about other things. Well, I mean, it'll just been released, so it won't matter. Because it'll be PSX stage. Here's Drawn to Death right. out now. I, ironically, he's going to come out of an ice cream truck when he when they announce it. <laughs> hey guys, remember this? <laughs> Maybe you'll remember my new game. That was awesome. So Jaffe, I guess there you go. That's uh, we're we're pr- proposing you if you're man enough. We also right, you play don't have to insult fall. the man. Hey, Jaffe, bring if you're man enough, bring your PlayStation Vita too, and we can finally do that Towerfall Ascension match we're always talking about. Remember that was an old thing, an old cut. Maybe a little ad hoc tower, yeah. towerfall. Yeah, why not? A little old ad hoc. Yeah, everybody bring it. We'll have one giant tower. We're gonna have a towerfall minute break. Bring your Vitas to PSX. If you like, two things. If you if you don't have a Vita, don't even come to PSX. I don't want to see you. Sure. Number two, I don't want to look at your face. All right. I don't. I don't even want you in Orange County anywhere in Orange County if you're not if you if you, if you don't have a Vita. Okay. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, uh, just bring your Vita. Here's no and number three. Don't bring your 3ds. Actually, this isn't even number three. This is between you and me, I guess. What I've been kicking around in my shower time, my play time. What I've been kicking around is, I think, and this is a tall order, but I think we can do it. I think at PSX during our panel, PS I love you, XOXO, Sunday noon, we debut the video. For the PlayStation Vita relocation program. Okay. Now that means we have to film the video for the PlayStation. Sure. I, that I means have, I have to write it. No, I was going to write no, it. No, I'll write it. You don't even know what you're, you're doing. You know, yours will be way too long winded. It'll be fucking four paragraphs in before we say Vita Ken relocation Burns. program. You got a Ken Burns thing yeah. going on? I, I definitely am the <laughs> Ken Burns of podcast stories. You're the one of writing. <laughs> but yeah, I think we should do that. It's part two before we even know what the hell the podcast what is, is about. What is going on? <laughs> Colin, are you ready to meet your best friend of the week? Yes. This is P.S. I love this best friend, XOXO. This is where one of you beautiful bastards writes in to the Kind of Funny forums. You go to there. You put your PSN name in. We send you friends because you tell us who you like to play. Uh, We have a success story, actually, before we jump in. You might remember Ruby Juice or the PSN name Blackie Moo. He wrote in looking for friends to play farming simulator with. How could I forget? Yeah, of course. I remember. Do they the, want to play lumberjack or whatever the fuck that other no, game is? I, I, pl- I want to play forestry simulator still because I think it'll be simpler than fucking farming simulator because this is just trees. That's easy. Right. Anyways, though, uh, Blackie Moo 
we got we got him some PSN friends, great things. He was one of the people uh, streaming last night for the community section of Extra Life, and it turned out when I was talking to him because he was playing Farming Simulator that the people who make Farming Simulator listened to PSI Love You XOXO, <laughs> heard him call out Farming Simulator and his thing, and they sent him the game for free. Oh, that's very nice. So there you go. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Uh, this nothing one, like though, a Farming Simulator uh, stream. To get you to want to go out into the field to be an actor. He was listening to country music while he did it. And I think that might be all he streams or plays is Farming Simulator. Because his little logo for Ruby Juice was farming as well. Oh, interesting. It's very interesting. Do you like, can I call you an Aggie? Agriculturalist? You're, I think you can call him that, yeah. I'll, I'll allow that. No, you. I want to call you an Aggie. No, you can't call me because I'm, I'm a Mizzou Tiger. I can't be a Texas yeah. A&M Aggie. Sorry. Oh, okay. Can't do that. Uh, anyways, this week's. PSN name is one of those dumb ones that I got to read because it doesn't make any sense. R-R-D-I-I-I. Three eyes. To my best Wait, friends. R-R-D-I-I-I. Oh, okay. To all my best friends. I began my gaming career on the SNES, made the jump to PlayStation, and have been a loyal follower to Sony ever since. Unfortunately, I was late to fall in love with online multiplayer and have ultimately found myself with barely any beautiful PSN friends. I could use the PS I love this best friend XOXO shout out to meet some awesome people around the globe. I adore the PS4, my precious Vita, and even my old PS3 still when I'm gaming in my five-year-old stepdaughter's room because that's where the PS3 lives now. Took me a second. I thought that's only where he, you know, games would be weird. <laughs> yes. That would be strange. Some favorite games include Bloodborne, GTA 5, Doom, Alien Nation, Far Cry 4, and Primal. And I just downloaded Battlefield 1. My PSN name is R-R-D-I-I-I. Gotta do something about that. That's not gonna work for me. You gotta roll in. That's not Please let him change his name. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not gonna work for me. Sorry. Colin. Yes. This best friend is brought to you by Uber. Nice. We love Uber. We Uber ride out of here Uber. in a few minutes. Exactly. We've all taken jobs to earn extra cash. Back in the day, Colin was a landscaper. That's true. But I've got a better way. You can earn extra money on the side. It's so much easier today thanks to Uber. Uber is the ultimate side hustle. Driving with Uber is a new way you can earn extra cash whenever you want. It's not just another job. It's a totally flexible way to earn. You can turn it off and on just like your car. Man, I've, something about... You the, need a key? It's something... <laughs> It's something about the way the copy's written that gets me every Why time. Why isn't this working? It's because you don't have a key to put in oh, your phone. Oh my gosh, I'm so silly. If you have a few spare hours here and there, you can drive with Uber. Have you ever wanted to be your own boss? Well, now you can with Uber. If you're driving right now, you should be earning right now. I'd do it, it says with an exclamation mark. I don't know if I would if I had a car. I thought about it, though. If I had a lot of free time, would I Uber if I had a car? Because think about the stories. You? No. But I could do like a podcast from it. We could have a little camera. We just have content I'm making. There was a guy that put like a, I'm sure it's not that unique, but put a guest book of some sort in the back of his car and then oh, published it. Oh, that is smart. Like it's stories from a Lyft or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Story from Uber, something of this nature. I don't know. Every day is payday when you drive with Uber because you can cash out anytime with instant pay. With access to instant pay, cash out your earnings up to five times a day with no minimum amount required. Listen, if you enjoy earning extra cash, if there's something special you'd like to buy, your car can start making you money. Go ahead. Get your side hustle on. Drive. No, that's not right. Sign up to drive with Uber today. Just drive. <laughs> I'm dry. I've been driving for 48 hours. I haven't earned any money. Are you using Uber? Ah, oh, damn it. Go to uber.com slash drive now. That's uber.com slash drive now. Uber.com slash drive now. They asked me to spell out Uber, but I, I'm, you have to know. There's how to no code? No, just Uber. Well, slash drive now is the code. I don't, I don't like it. I need a code. 
Go to got to put it inserted. U B E R dot com slash drive now. And in the notes field, tell them Colin Moriarty sent you. <laughs> Large Marge. This week's forgotten PlayStation game comes from T Bone Taylor. T Bone! Howdy, lads! T Bone here! I'd like to put forward a suggestion for this week's forgotten PlayStation game. With the hype train already on its way for next fall's Red Dead game and the PSN re-release of Red Dead Revolver, I nominate Neversoft's Gun from way back in 2005. Although it didn't have the polish of Revolver, Gun scratched the Wild West itch left behind from Rockstar. The sound effects were crisp, the gameplay fantastic, and generally found being a cowboy again very enjoyable. People need to play this if they haven't already done so. Respect always, T-Bone! <laughs> <sighs> Timo, was it Coco the monkey? Co- yeah, Coco. Coco. <laughs> Did you play Gun? Uh, no. I played Gun. I liked Gun a lot at the time. I mean, I mean, the, gun is actually a defining moment for my most important relationship of all time, Portilla, where I had gotten Porty as a puppy, and I was he was at the house. God, he is old. He is old as hell. And I was sitting there playing Gun on my PlayStation 2, and I was in a boss battle, and Porty came over and got my lap and looked up at me, and I was like, oh, you got to go outside. I'm like, let me finish this boss battle. And then I, I, I kept going, kept going, kept going. I'm like, I'm almost there. Hold on. Let me finish this boss battle. And finally, he just looked up at me again and just pissed in my lap. And I was like, I had that coming. That's on me. That was on me. I'm a bad dog dad. And I took him outside then. It's kind of like when Lola woke me up a couple months ago. I thought she was just being very friendly. Yeah. Then just shit all over the, the rug. So yeah. that was yeah. nice. They'll do that Just sometimes. diarrhea. Just everywhere. My fault though, because I gave her. I didn't know that you gotta you gotta give him the consistent food. I thought yeah, you gotta, gotta give whatever you gotta I wanted. Switch him, you gotta switch him in the food. You can't just d- dump him. Don't know anything. I don't know anything about canines. Greg. This, is, this is how you learn. This is how you learn. Getting this shit on the rug. Oh. Time for PSN's worst name of the week. This is where one of you writes in. The show is still going. To kindoffunny.com slash forums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go to our board. You, sit, you put it in there. You know what the fuck's up. You know how to do this. Uh, before we jump into this week's though, Jericho. Writes in, our good friend Jericho, who puts this all together and cries. And cries between for shows. seven days in between shows. The people have decided, Jericho writes, 963 best friends looked at the four contenders of the first ever championship of PSN's worst name of the year and have voted. Here are the results. Winner of quarter three and ranked number four with 13.3% of the votes. Don't shoot, I'm gay. Winner of quarter four, nominated twice as PSN's worst name of the week, ranked number three with 15.9% of the votes, Anime Tit Lover. He puts a side note, banned. <laughs> Winner of quarter two, my personal favorite of the four finalists, ranked number two with 27.8% of the vote, Come Honor Chest, underscore. That's honor like for honor. And last but not least, actually first in the race of the first PSN's worst name of the year for 2015 slash 2016, and maybe the most ironic pick, we have, as this actually came from a Rocket League match. Anyway, 43% of the population chose not gay, but $5 is $5. Congratulations to the winner for choosing such a bad name. Never forget, please, Shuhei, let us change our names. Animates Hit Lover, I think, was the best of that group. You should have gotten out there and campaigned. Stumped a bit. Campania. Did you rock the vote? I will tomorrow. Or today, when today, when this it. is up, yeah, I'm excited to see how that all nets out. Uh, this week's going to be close. I worst think. PlayStation Network name comes from Johnny Quest. Oh, sup, fellas? Have I got a doozy for you? When I created my PSN profile, I struggled to find a username because I detest having numbers in it. Eventually, I saddled with I saddled down. He says saddled down, but he means settled down with I am Johnny Quest underscores between all those words. Not only is it a mouthful and a pain to type out, I am not in fact Johnny Quest. 
My username is based off an incredibly racist cartoon from the 60s. It features hits like Damn Dirty Heathens, and in one episode, the titular character rolls a gong down a staircase into some Asian goons and yells out, Here comes the Oriental Express. A story I had to look up, and that's true about Johnny Quest. I did not know that. So not only am I a little blonde-haired devil, I've had to deal with it from people in real life, too. My friends heard it and almost immediately called me Johnny Questicles, and that nickname has survived to this day. I am addressed as Questicles in public. Shuhei, man, help me the fuck out. I don't want to be a racist set of testicles anymore. Let me, and I guess other people, change our names. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. I enjoy all the content y'all put out. Johnny Quest for now, apparently. Always. Deep, man. Not crazy about that one. I'll tell you what. I was disappointed this week. Lots of crap PSN names. Just like, oh, I got too many zeros in it. I'm like, well, that's maybe we've gone all through all the bad PSN names. Because here's possible. the thing. People take the f- screen caps all the time, right? They see questicles in the thing like please you hey let us change our names i don't know if questicles wants to change the name they could be very happy with that name mm-hmm. it's you coming to kind of funny.com slash forums and confessing your bad psn that's name true. that's the real thing that's true ladies and gentlemen this has been psi love you xoxo it is kind of funny.com's playstation podcast it is the number one playstation podcast on the internet and it posts every tuesday at 9 a.m pacific on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe please subscribe share and like it wherever you get it make sure you tell your friends and come see us at psx sunday noon we're doing a panel will david jaffe finally fucking man up get out of there will he rise from the grave come out of there like a fucking Dracula, come up there and talk to us, or will he be a fucking coward and stay behind in San Diego? I guess we'll have to find out if David Jaffe is a man or if he is a little baby who likes to lay in a casket like Dracula. <laughs> Every episode of PS I, I Love listening. You, I'm sorry. XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe. Hey, this is where one of you marvelous motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. You give me a YouTube link to your video? because I'll annotate at the end of our video, and an MP3 download link so I can download your MP3. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to tell you about a band here, Colin, right? Their name, My Body Sings Electric. Their song, Ocean Crest. I watched the YouTube video, and I, I did it a completion. I was like, man, because a lot of times I put songs in here, I'm like, maybe not my type of music, but I want to you know, have a, a thing. I like this song. So then I'm like, I'm, now I'm going to go download it. I went to their little page on the, the SoundCloud, you know what I mean? Click the download button, they, I, I got to buy it. And you know what I said? I like this enough to buy it. And I went and bought it on iTunes. That's very nice of you. So here you go. This one, again, this comes from Egg Tree on the forums. Greetings. I play and write music for a band here in Denver called My Body Sings Electric. We are a group of five best friends who have dedicated some serious time out of our lives to compose and perform our music. We have released a few albums and we have recorded some music videos and we have even gone on little tours here and there. I have been a huge fan of Kind of Funny ever since its birth, and I love what you guys do for all of us best friends. It would be a dream come true to hear one of our songs on the show. The song is called Ocean Crest, and I hope you guys like it. Well, Egg Tree, I liked it enough to buy it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is My Body Sings Electric with Ocean Crest. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. David Jaffe is a Dracula vampire baby. You made enough, Jeffy! Time to go.
Friday night when I left you all alone. You said, don't be late, cause I need you here at home. I always knew there's another choice to make. You're the memory and the energy I take. Another choice to make. You're the memory. 